With the new iPhone SE for less than 100 bucks at Metro, you rule. It's the most affordable iPhone on the number one brand in prepaid. So whether you're studying online or FaceTiming. Hey, Mom. Hi, dear. The iPhone SE has all you need. Switch to Metro and get the iPhone SE for $99.99 after rebate redemption and six months of service with AutoPay. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details. What's up, everybody? This is Scott Yeager here with another edition of Challenge Mania. This episode is brought to you by DraftKings and their March Madness Bracket Contest. It's March, and we all know what that means. Tourney time! We've teamed up with our friends at DraftKings for a very special promotion, Brackets. This year, you can build your bracket for free, just in time for the most electric period of college basketball, especially for Syracuse Orange fans. I recorded this before Selection Sunday, so I don't even know if we got in. I hope we got in. I'm going to assume we got in. With $64,000 on the line, here's how you play. Pick your teams, rack up points for each correct pick, get the most points, and you win. Just go to dkng.co slash challengemania and make sure you get your bracket submitted by tip-off on March 21st. That's DK kng.co slash challenge mania 21 and over to play eligibility restrictions apply see website for details all right you didn't come for me you came for d so on the line right now he marches into every challenge with a little bit of madness mr Derek kaczynski what's up brother it is man i feel like it's 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 champ week here at challenge mania the we champ had- is here yeah, man, this is this is awesome. This has been this has been great. I mean, we only got yelled at by by one or two people for having uh, old schoolers on this this uh, past past week, huh? What's well, funny? We uh, earlier this month we had Chase McNary, we had Trip McNally, no, we had Ninja Natalie, we had Josh Martinez, and then. Everyone was like, where are the veterans? Come on, man. O'Doyle rules. Bring some OGs on. So what do we hit him with? Johnny Bananas. Cara Maria. Today, ladies and gentlemen, Weston Bergman making his triumphant return to Challenge Mania. And what do we hear? Come on, guys. Enough of this. We want some new. Where's Maddie? Bring on the new kids. It's like you cannot please them all. <laughs> it's just like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like we, we toss it around pretty well. You know what I mean? We, we were able to, you know, I feel like we're able to please everyone, but then again, you always get that one. Yeah. You always get that one or that two or that those three, you get the ones, you get the messages who are like, when you like, we start plugging a podcast and they're like hard pass or like, I'm going to skip this one. It's just like, just, just skip it. It's all good. Don't need to let me know. Just go on with your day. I, I say I def- so, I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm like, shit, definitely can't retweet this one. Well, it's funny. It's like, sometimes it'll be really nice about it. I have to be like, guys, you really love the podcast. I love everything you do. Derek, you're hysterical. Scott, you're very poignant. I love the questions you ask. Uh, respectfully, I'm just going to skip this one. And I'm like, okay, cool. Just, you don't need to like write me a letter about it. It's all good. I listen to so many podcasts religiously. I would even say religiously. And that being said, I skip every episode or so. If say, I just don't love the guest or they just don't move the needle for me or I'm busy that week or ah, the subject line doesn't really jive with what I'm thinking about that way. I skip them all the time. I don't write the person and let them know. Guys, we're just messing around. It's all good. It's all good fun. As long as your phone's automatically downloading the episode so we get credit for the ad sales, we don't care. So, folks, just set those to subscribe to Challenge Mania on iTunes, Spreaker, wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, it's all good. Skip them all if you want. You're having Russell Westbrook on this week? Wow, what a dick. 
right? Definitely I don't need not. to hear Listen from to Russell you. Unsubscribing. Dude, I had someone ups, unsubscribe, uh, unsubscribe to our podcast today. I didn't tell you. They legitimately told me because I retweeted a Joel Olstein, something nice that I thought Joel Olstein said and said, Derek, I like you. I've, I've, I've been rooting for you for many years, but since you did this retweet because something Joel Olstein did way back when I would have never known I'm unscribing to your, you just lost a subscriber. I'm like, Joel Olstein is an American pastor, televangelist and author based in Houston, Texas. I'm just going to stop reading his bio. Probably, probably, probably should not have uh, retweeted him, but no, but that's what it's funny. It's like things like that will rub people the wrong way or people will not like you Jaw giving dropped. props to somebody else, whatever. But look in that instance, it lets you know, like, Hey, you know, put thoughts into who you retweet and whatnot. And sometimes even retweeting someone D sounds like an endorsement of them. So I, it's know, I retweet everyone just like we bring everyone on a challenge menu when we can, you if they retweeted want Donald Trump recently everybody. too, D. I'm not gonna did lie. I, yeah, you did. I did. What did he say? I don't remember. It was something about like North Korea or something, and you retweeted yeah, it. Like, yeah. A bunch okay. of people were like, "Did you see D's retweeting Trump? Do you know why?" I'm like, "I don't know why." I have a feeling I he just retweets he's everybody. Having dinner with the with the with with one of the biggest terrorists in the world. It's weird. And you should know about it. The thing about the retweet, D, is that no one ever knows why you're retweeting. So a retweet could mean like, oh, I'm retweeting because I like this. A retweet could mean I'm retweeting because this is absurd. A retweet could mean I'm retweeting because I hate this. It doesn't matter. But if you don't put like a comment with it, people just assume I'm retweeting this because I agree with it wholeheartedly and I want this to represent my views. So that's the thing. But we're probably going to cut all this out because it's absurd and I don't want to alienate a lot of people. Speaking of alienating mm-hmm. a lot of people, uh, Wes Challenge has- Challenge is for everybody. That's my point. When I retweet Sweet shit. It's just way. Well, yes, of course. Uh, Wes has done the opposite of that. He's played a pretty perfect game so far on War of the Worlds. We're going to talk to him about that in this jam-packed episode, a long episode. It is a banger, folks. It is the latest in the string of veteran OG episodes of Challenge Mania. I think all three of these have been close to two hours, if not more. And uh, we're doing that because we're going to be taking a little bit of time off coming up soon. I'm going to be a daddy very soon. I am looking forward to it. And uh, so when that happens, we don't know exactly when, but in the near future when that happens, we'll be um, probably taking a step back from the content and the typical schedule you guys are are used to. But when that, um, when we are able to come back and start doing interviews for you guys, I promise we'll be bigger and better than ever. So thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for all the kind words. We really appreciate it. And we really wanted to make sure that we got you guys a ton of content leading up to that brief hiatus. And that's why Weston Bergman is back. We know when we get Wes on the show, he comes, he brings the goods. He wants to brew the stew as we call it, or unleash the lava is I think what he's trying to make fetch happen with lava. So we'll give him that too. But we talk about a lot of war of the worlds. We talk a lot about, um, future challenges hypothetically what we might like to see there maybe old school new school middle school we'll talk about that and then we also talk about some of the old challenges that he participated in i know d always likes to get to that stuff and we rarely do but this episode we get to some of that um before we get to Wes, you and Wes had a, a very epic elimination that was immortalized in a great poster that was made by Craig Marrier. We had them for sale exclusively in Chicago. I have a couple of them left, so I wanted to let anybody know. If you're interested in purchasing the Duel of the Century poster with Wes and D on it, I have a couple of them left. If you email challengemaniapodcast at gmail.com, you can purchase one. You can also purchase some of the great Craig Marrier posters signed by me and D that we've had for some of our shows from the past. We don't have all of them. Some of them are sold out. We don't have any more Austin posters. But if you're interested in maybe Chicago or New York City Part 2, those are also signed by Alton. Uh, If you want Atlanta, D.C., we have a couple of those. Email challengemaniapodcast at gmail.com. 
uh, and you can make your wall look as dope as some of the walls we've been seeing on Instagram, Twitter, etc. Please, if you have purchased Challenge Mania artwork or posters or whatever, any of our stuff, and you have it on your wall, immediate retweet from DRI. Immediate retweet. So let us see those. It's incredibly humbling when we see that stuff. Yeah, man. I love it. I, um, I got to get put mine up. I got to put mine up. I still haven't. I might do that today. Uh, I'm do that right now. Winter is coming to a close, although winter is coming in a Game of Thrones sense. It is coming to an end in the real world sense. We're getting springtime. We're getting summertime. I know people like to get in shape. Don't forget about our friend Emily Schramm and her company, TheImpact.com, because our Challenge Mania code, Mania, still works. If you go to TheImpact.com, that's E-M-P-A-C-K.com, TheImpact.com slash Mania, and you use the code Mania, you can get 15% off of her impacts, which are these fully functional backpacks that you can use if you just want to go. Go to the store, you want to load up a backpack, or you can put weights in them. She sells the weights too, and you can work out with them as well. And they're an awesome product. You can also support Emily Schramm in the process. And the code is also good if you just want to buy some accessories over there. She has great accessories. She has some great swag, sweatshirts, t-shirts, hats. Go to theimpact.com slash mania and use the code mania. Support our girl, Emily Schramm. She comes up in conversation in this podcast a little bit. Yeah, buddy. You can also use the code challenge over at hogansbeatshop.com. And if you spend $25 on Hulk Hogan gear, brother, you get a free Hulk Hogan bandana. And if you want to meet the Hulk, it's this Saturday. That is 323, March 23rd in Clearwater, Florida at Hogan's Beach Shop. You can get tickets at hogansbeatshop.com. Just go to the events tab. And if you buy tickets for that, you can also get the free Hogan bandana if you use the code challenge. What you going to do when Challenge Mania and Hulkamania run wild on you? Um... So shouts to the Hulkster. Uh, Another sponsor I want to shout out, and I want to use this as a segue to ask you a question. One of the most important things we do for our health every day is brush our teeth, yet most of us don't do it properly, D. Quip is a better electric toothbrush created by dentists and designers. Quip was designed to make brushing your teeth more simple, affordable, and even enjoyable. D, I want to ask you, in a challenge house, is there a lot of teeth brushing going on? Do people brush their teeth every day, several times a day, more than you would in the real world, less than you would in the real world? And do they let you bring a toothbrush when you're doing those finals and you're sleeping in the woods or on the island? Well, they're probably brushing more because they're on TV and they know that they they want their teeth to look good. What about like on the island? Did you guys have teeth toothbrushes? We did have teeth brush. You have teeth brush? Uh, we, we watch Survivor all the time, but whenever people kiss on Survivor, Lindsay goes, how disgusting must that be? You, you don't think that they have teeth brush, bro? No, I don't think they get toothbrushes. Uh, as, as much as I've, as, when we had that podcast with Davey, I'm like, I'm like, and then the change of clothes that they have for I'm the text deliberations. Right now. I'm texting him right they now. They do the, they have rice to eat. Come on, man, it's it's all. He he divulged a lot of information that Survivor podcast. I just texted it. Maybe he gets back to me before we're done with this intro. I love Quip because I normally use a regular toothbrush, and those things don't work well. But the Quip toothbrush with its sensitive sonic vibrations is gentle enough on your sensitive gums, but people brush too hard, and sometimes the electric toothbrushes are too abrasive. Not Quip. I love Quip, and they're backed by over 20,000 dental professionals. If you go to getquip.com slash mania, you get your first refill pack with a free Quip electric toothbrush. They start at just $25, ladies and gentlemen. Just go to getquip.com slash mania. We love the new sponsors here at Challenge Mania. We appreciate their involvement. And I'm telling you, do not use a regular toothbrush. Hit up getquip.com slash mania. Try one of these toothbrushes. They sent them to me and D. I've been really digging it. Three out of four of the bristles that you and I use normally, they're old, worn out, and ineffective. All right? It's the first electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. They should be proud of that, and they definitely are. They have thousands of verified five-star reviews. Get Quip today. Get Quip with it, D. 
I the, love my new quick toothbrush. I listen to a podcast. Brush. I listen to a podcast called Rob has a podcast and they do this thing every week called the wand off. This is Wanda. And it's people, they make like song parodies and they'll do like a song about survivor to uh, like a real song to like the beat or melody of a real song. I get jealous every time I hear it. And I feel like if we have any artists or musicians out there listening to this who want to do like a song parody for Challenge Mania or the Challenge, send those to us. We will play them on the show if they're appropriate. We will play them. I'm jealous of the wand off, and I would love to play some of your great work. If you guys, I mean, we got, I mean, come on. Out of all the thousands of maniacs we have, some of you guys got to be making some music out there. We, of course, get our music from Knock It Out Music. That's Ryan Knock. He does all of our music, every song you've ever heard on the show. He's a genius. But, I mean, this is I mean, not the kind of thing he does. He doesn't do song parodies. But if you do out there, we will play them on the show. That's a little challenge for you guys. I know you're used to Photoshop challenges. This is like more of an audio shop challenge. Make sense, Get quip with it. Get quip with it. Get quip with it. Get quip with it. Like that? Yeah. So um, I want to remind people that we we might w- miss a, a week or two here, but you guys know that every Wednesday, typically we do have, or at least we might be a few days late on a couple coming fo- coming up here. But other than that, every Wednesday night, we go into the War Room at patreon.com slash Challenge Mania, where we break down every episode of War of the Worlds. If you become a Challenge Mania patron, not only do you get to play in our contest, like our March Madness contest, our Super Bowl pool, our Survivor contest, all that good stuff, not only do you get additional bonus content like Lindsay and I breaking down Survivor most weeks, D and I breaking down War of the Worlds, but you can also maybe be on Meet the Patrons, which is where you get in the hot seat and get interviewed by me and D have a long, free-flowing conversation about the challenge with D and myself, Challenge Mania style. We select one patron a month to come on that bonus podcast series. There's a lot of good reasons to become a patron, D over at patreon.com slash challenge mania, and one of them is The War Room. So a lot of people have been really digging that. And uh, coming up here for the next week or so, if we do not have any new content to post. I might repurpose some of that uh, War Room stuff and people will be able to get a taste of what we do over there and maybe that'll uh, earn us some new patrons. What do you think? Or get me in trouble, so... It might get you in trouble, but we have sponsors Make sure you service, send that so one over. So we do need to put up some content. It might be some old War Room stuff, but I, I'll make sure it's not the real juicy, not the real juicy stuff. Not, where not the real crazy. I think Tyrone just said she called School of Hard Knocks. So Everybody's coming in th- with the new names. Guys, we're six episodes in. It's officially The War Room. I love how people think we're going to change the name of it on I don't, episode I don't seven. Think they, I don't think that we're gonna, they think we're going to change the name. I think it's just kind of, you know, in, in War Room essence, it's, you know, kind of given this other flutter. You know what I mean? So right. I, I like it. I like it. I like it being compared to, like, the School of I think that's awesome. I'm like, ooh, I wonder how. Coming up also on the podcast, we interviewed Brett Robinson from Big Brother 20. He's still on that exclusivity contract. He can't hop onto the challenge just yet, but when that thing is up, man, he's like my number one prospect for coming over to the challenge. I think just like personality-wise, he's funny. He's definitely got the look. If you've never seen the kid, Google him. Uh, he's going to be on the show later this week, too. Uh, but let's let's uh, let's get to Wes. What do you say? D, you got anything else for the Challenge Maniacs? Of course, challengemania.shop, alive and well, as always. He's going to have some new designs going up there very soon. You can go challengemania.shop and support all your favorite cast members as well as the podcast. It's a way to support the show while looking good doing it. Thanks for saying that, Linz. Uh, anything else? No, thanks to all the patrons, and uh, thanks for bearing with us here while uh, Scott, uh, Scott and Lindsay have their little, little one coming into this world. So, um, yeah, man, once again, best of luck coming up here thank you i really appreciate that i appreciate that from all you guys we both do uh we see all the kind words and we're both really really excited 
and uh, it's going to be a fun month, fun year, fun life we have ahead of us. Uh, also, in addition to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, revealing himself as being a Challenge fan, I want to shout out Jake Johnson. He plays Nick on New Girl. He's the voice of Spider-Man, kind of the old jaded Spider-Man in uh, spy- inside Enter the Spider-Verse. And he's also in Jurassic Park. He's a great actor, very funny. He apparently also a Challenge fan as well. That came out this week. So if you want to hear Jake Johnson on the podcast, let him know. Uh, maybe he knows what Challenge Man he is, maybe he doesn't. Who knows? But we're a fan of his work, or at least I am. Just want to shout out JJ. All right. Any superhero, I'm a fan of any superhero. Sounds like this guy's a superhero. Did you see uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? <sighs> no. You need to. It's good. It's a good movie. Well, I'm about to watch Deadpool 2, the extra, extra cut, whatever it's called. Well, the people super are hearing du- this in the next episode. Super they're going to du- hear cut. our little movie chat, and they're going to be like, does this guy only watch Deadpool or other yeah. versions of Deadpool? Uh... All right. Well, it's weird. It's done? weird. It's 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 hard to explain, guys. It's hard to explain. Okay. You watch a lot of Deadpool. Oh, and Davey just responded. Davey I, Rickenbacker I really from Survivor says, "No, they do not get toothbrushes on Survivor. That's what the toothpicks, aka palm leaf stems, are for. They brush their teeth with palm leaf stems. You don't have to do that, guys. You're not on Survivor. Go to getquip.com/mania, and you can get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electronic toothbrush." If that explanation doesn't want you to get quit, get quit with it, then I don't know what does. Yeah, it mounts to your mirror and unmounts to slide over your bristles for the on-the-go brushing, declutters your sink or cabinet. I mean, the reasons to get a quit brush, it's, it's insane. You got to do it. All right, guys, good luck in that March Madness challenge. And uh, just one more time, I'll remind you, dkng.co slash challenge mania. The info is also on both of our social pages. It's tourney time, D. We don't know who's in while, while we're recording this. It hasn't happened yet. Selection Sunday. So you're going to hear this. And you're going to think, we know who's in. Let's just pretend West Virginia's in. Let's just pretend Syracuse's in. Oh, West Virginia's moving on. It's a great. Well, that's, a, that's the conference tourney. But Sunday is when they announce the teams for the tournament. Whether your team's in it or not, folks, it's the most wonderful time of the year if you're a College Hoops fan. It's the most yeah. wonderful time of the oh, year. West Virginia just knocked off number two, uh, Texas Tech. Well, if they win the conference, they're definitely in. So if yeah, they gotta win two more to be in because their ter- record sucks. All right. Well, two more wins. West Virginia's in. I think the Q's. I mean, look, they do anything oh, they can to keep us out. Night, yeah. We lost last night, but we won. We got the one win in the conference tournament. We took out Pittsburgh, so we got to twenty wins. Uh, look, I just, I think we're gonna get in this time. However, I've seen. I've seen better, if not equally, as good Q's teams get kept out. I think we're no longer on the bubble as far as last four in or out. I think we're probably in. I think we're getting like a 10, 10 seed. So, all right, we'll see what happens. Nine or 10 cool. seed. When do we get a nine seed? We're the sixth seed in the ACC tournament. Are you nuts? Better be in this tournament. You guys are listening to this now, and you're like, you're in, Scott. Settle down. But when we recorded this, I didn't know whether we were in or not. All right, go Q's. No reason to cater to me. You don't need to pick Q's to win the whole thing. Pick who you think will win, because if you win, you can win up to $64,000. I don't know if you win all that or if that's the total prize money, but that's what they're doing over at DraftKings, folks. One of our favorite partners and sponsors, dkng.co slash challenge mania, and that will take you to the bracket challenge. It's not a specific contest to us. You're competing with the entire world. But good luck. Good luck to everybody. All right. Speaking of competing against the entire world, Weston Bergman. (laughs) You got it. All right. 
right, ladies and gentlemen, on the line right now, returning to Challenge Mania now that he's done every other podcast in the United States of America and Canada, Mr. Weston Bergman. How are you, brother? No, I'm good. I have been on the rounds, haven't I? You've been doing the car wash, as they call it, up at ESPN. You've just been... uh, Yeah. How's that been going for you? Oh, I'm over it. This is uh, this is the this is the cherry on top, and then I need to like cool it for a little bit because it's just get it's getting to be a little much. When I announced that you were coming on, Kendall was like, "I thought he's done with podcasts," and I couldn't tell if she was being sarcastic or not. I was like, "Really? I thought he was only talking to people through podcasts." I said uh, on my live after doing a string of them when I was doing a live with Hunter, I was like, okay, no more, like literally no more. And then you guys and the Saniac people asked within like two days of that. And you guys asked so nicely and I just couldn't say no. But now I'm really saying no to everyone for a while because it's just getting a little ridiculous. Well, I I feel like you're sitting back and watching this season, having a great time going (laughs) <laughs> and watch it all fucking go down west it looks like you like you're, you're doing a good job and you're having fun with it i'm having a blast and there is a little bit of muhaha but remember derek we've been over this in the last podcast i'm the hero not the villain that's you and your friends <laughs> and so i'm i'm having a nice like good guy chuckle that the good guys are finally coming out on top and that there's light at the end of the tunnel for the fans Okay. So so who are the good guys? Um, it's pretty much me and anyone who aligns themselves with me. Which is Hunter and Cam and uh then some other people that will be uh named later. And pretty much in Turbo and Nani. And, uh, yeah, the list will continue to grow. I should add before people try to say, oh, my God, I listened to Wes on uh, Challenge Mania and Scott was knocking all the other interviews he did. I actually listened to them and all those other podcasts that you went on did a great job interviewing you. So what was cool is I, I took notes. I was like, all right, don't need to ask that. Don't need to ask that. So I implore you guys, go check out those interviews. You did the Saniac show. You did the Smashing Head show, which is like a two-parter where I think during it you actually uh, gave a little bit of dating advice as well, which we won't need from you on this particular podcast. So I do think if people want that from you definitely check out that episode and what other shows did you do did you do any other ones or is that it uh i don't know anymore well you also went into business for yourself you went on your own live with hunter at the gym you guys got going on in tulsa so there's been a Uh lot of west commentary out there and i think d's kind of right that if i were you i would like be getting myself a publicist and going out there and booking show after show because every week it seems like you just you're in the pocket every week and sometimes it's from a distance sometimes you're playing a little puppeteer sometimes you're out there on the field winning challenges so this has been a good season for you so far and sometimes and sometimes you're up in the in the stands calling some guy a p- named bear a pussy yeah, that was great, right? I was so when I after right after I did it, I mean that felt so good coming out of my mouth, but then walking out of the killing floor, I was like, "Oh my god, that's one of those moments I'm going to be so embarrassed by." And then when I did it, it was just like when it when it aired on Wednesday, it, it was like, "Okay, good. I don't think I'm going to get fired for this." So that wasn't that bad, and my wife said it was funny and she's kind of the litmus test. Um 
And then on the publicist side, I don't need a publicist because that's an easy job to do. Um, Bananas publicist does not do a very good job with it. Obviously, I need to hire someone like Danielle's publicist because she does a much better job um, with the whole coming up with stew and putting it out into the world, regardless of how real it is. At the right time. At, at the right, the time. right even if time. time, even if it is Christmas time, I beg to differ about the Johnny not having a good publicist because over the past few weeks, I've read articles from like and like coverage and just like you know, kind of like story idea type stuff from like reputable outlets, e news, etc., where it would the headline would be like, Should Johnny Bananas be the next bachelor? or like, Would Johnny Bananas be good on Amazing Race? and all these things where I'm like, <laughs> Who's legitimately asking these questions that like Ryan Seacrest cares whether. You know what I mean? Like, and there has to be a publicist behind that. And what about Rolling Stones and, and, right. and Rolling Kareem Stone Abdul-Jabbar? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was like, even though he hasn't grown up in 15 years, he's still doing it. Yeah. All that stuff is still kind of making fun of him, though. Right. Like he's just he, he's just leaning into that clown role. Uh, meanwhile, like the Danielle stuff, did you guys see that Danielle just almost got the bachelorette role? Well, I clicked on, so it's funny cause Paulie, Paulie texted me and D that last night. He's like, see guys, I told you. And so I, <laughs> I click on it. What's funny is I click on it cause she was like in the, it, she was in the running quote unquote. But then if you read the article, it says like rumors were that it would be someone like Danielle, but the, honestly, the final four choices were actually all from this last season, Colton season. So somehow, and this goes back to like the brilliance of a publicist, she gets her name in an article about like having been in the running when she typically like, actually wasn't really in the running. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like when people are like, Scott, are you going to be on the challenge? And I'm like, no, never. That's ridiculous. But then someone would like see someone ask me that and be like, I heard Scott Yeager might be on the challenge. Wow. Yeah. The thing is like, you need to get out of character right now because we all know that you got the call. Okay. (laughs) All right. We all, we all know you got the call and like, it is what it is. I'm here to confirm. I know for a fact you got the call. I'm not confirming and, or denying and, anything. And and Wes and his wife are going on the next challenge. That's what I heard. <laughs> Together. And you might be my partner, Scott. Because Lynn's <laughs> got to stay home with the baby. So we're yeah, uh, what's, the, what's the update on that? Baby's coming very soon. Very soon. Uh, yeah. Next few weeks here uh, is the is the plan for him to uh, arrive as a bundle of joy. And when that happens, we're going to take a uh, you know a couple episodes off here, maybe a couple weeks off. But that's why we needed to hit some home runs here on the way out because you know we had Johnny, we had Kara, and now we have you. You're I think our last episode we're taping before I kind of go on a little bit of a daddy hiatus here. So um, you should be very honored. Oh, well, I appreciate the, the, the capstone here and, yes. uh, good, good luck with everything. I'm waiting to see some pictures of, uh, the little baby in a challenge mania onesie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We've got onesies for days. They, uh, <laughs> they are adorable. We sell challenge mania onesies. If you guys have a small baby or infant and you want to get them in some swag you can go to challengemania.shop. but we actually had some maniacs show up to events with onesies for our future son. And some of them are absolutely adorable. One of them was like, you know, uh, production produced by Scott and Lindsay. One of them was like, uh, it was like eat, breathe, poop, challenge mania and sleep kind of thing. Very cute stuff. So shouts to everybody who gave us that. All right. 
let's stop talking about babies in real life. Let's talk about babies on the challenge. Um, So you lost your main rival early on in Johnny Bananas. You sent him home. And now it seems like we have another rivalry that's kind of, you know, building up between you and Bear. You mentioned, you know, calling him the uh, the good old P word and in the moment thinking, oh, is that going to look bad? But then after the fact, everyone seems like they were cool with it. I think that has to do with who you were calling that word. I think he's done a lot here in a few episodes by sort of developing, you know, this repu- reputation as being the new villain on the show. Uh, talk about what's that, what that is like in the house. We saw him jump through the poker table. We've seen him, you know, working double time on a couple ladies at the same time. What was the general feeling of Bear through the 30 people that you lived with on War of the Worlds? Instantaneously becoming a hero by by saying that to him. Well, um, yeah. No, I mean, I, like I said, I was a little embarrassed. But no, he's making my... You couldn't all, lose that. You couldn't all, lose that. Right. All the fears that I have, because I did make a couple of mistakes as far as being professional mature when it came to Bear. And, and his edit is... Completely redeeming myself on this because no one is taking his side. I, none of my clients have like said anything bad. My wife hasn't batted an eye, and so it's like it just makes me feel better. Like thankfully, he's like admitting to what a scumbag he is in his interviews. Uh, like so, it's not even like a he said she said stuff because that the, the the tribunal thing where I told him what where I told Georgia what I what he had told me about Nani. Um, I was called a liar for like days and she cried instantaneously and I felt like such a bad guy. Little did I know that, that the cameras had caught that conversation hardcore. He didn't hide it. Then he admitted in his interviews. Then he said that his, the first step is to be a liar and all this kind of stuff. So it's like, um, I was completely vindicated from this. And so at, at first I just felt really bad about it. Um, and, and, but I do have to say a couple of good things about bear. He's far more athletic than he looks. And, um, he is one of the best political strategists that the game has seen in a long time, especially out of a rookie. And then lastly, on a personal level in short doses, he's one of the funniest people I've ever met in my entire life. But if, anyone has ever heard me talk about bananas, uh, I say similar things where in short doses, bananas is all kinds of fun, but very quickly it wears on you because it's just, it gets annoying very soon. And this isn't like I'm meeting up with bear or bananas to go to a bar for an hour. It's like I'm in prison with them for weeks, if not months at a time. And so it, uh, it, it very quickly became tiresome and he just got on everyone's last nerve. Uh, but in short doses, he is hilarious. I have to hand it to him and he is very good at the game and he's a lot more athletic than he looks. Um, when we watched the show, Lindsay asked me the other day, she goes, is this guy always on? Is he always in character? Does he always talk like a character in a Guy Ritchie movie? Is this like 100% of the time bare? It seems like it is on the show, but that's how I would cut it too if I was editing the show. What, what In your experience, like you mentioned, it wears on you, it wears on you. You know, you compared him to Johnny. Like, how would you compare their levels of how often they are on, talking in soundbite, living in character, etc.? As soon as they see the red button in their face, they're 100% on. And as soon as the red button's off their face, they're back down to like 50%, which is still an obnoxious 50%. Don't get me wrong, but it, it's definitely, it definitely goes down a little bit. But when they see that red light, 
uh, man, they're right up there in cartoon status. When you when you were up there, when you're there with uh, with these guys with Bear and Mikhail, like they're from the same show. Did you learn any more about this show, the Geordie Shore, than you already knew? And is it similar to how they film our show? I don't mean to get get into the uh, you know how 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 our show's created or whatever, um, but you know when the, when the camera comes around. It is people's opportunity to say something that's, you know, it may stick out. It, so when you say when you say that red button is on, um, is it different from their show or is it similar uh, to our show? You know, I'm not 100 percent sure how, because one, he's not from the Geordie Shore. He, oh, he's not. No, he did. Um, did you know that's on, not? Yeah. He the well, the one that he gets the most credit for is Big Brother. Yeah, big celebrity Big Brother. But to get on Celebrity Big Brother, he did uh, a show that was like a Survivor esque thing, and I'm forgetting the name of it right now. But it's like the Lone Ranger or something. I don't. I don't know. It has something I'll look to it up right it, now. It has to be something about being lonely or whatever. But yeah, Shipwrecked. it was a sh- shipwreck. There you go. Um, I wasn't that. Yeah, close, he was also yeah, on X on the Beach, and then he won the 18th season or series, as they call it, of Celebrity Big Brother in 2016. He was also on Just Tattoo of Us, which is their version of the tattoo thing that Cara and Pauly went on. Lindsay was actually watching that segment earlier today. He went on yeah. Celebs Go Dating, and now he's on the Challenge War of the World. So a bit of a journeyman, Mister Bear. Yeah, he's he's the British bananas. Yeah. And so, you know, the guy has what's funny. We've we've talked about the differences in, in the places reality TV has in these different uh, countries. And, you know, he's the British bananas and he's got one million followers on Instagram, which it's like, you know, you'd, you'd say that reality stars out here. You know, you, you can't argue. And I think, Wes, I don't think you'd argue either that Johnny Bananas is probably the most well-known challenge competitor who hasn't branched off to become intercontinental champion like the Miz or something like that. And he's got, you know, half of that. And you go and you. you think of survivor and these people who are household names in the survivor world and they have you know less than a hundred thousand followers and steven bear this guy who you know in the uk has been on we just named a couple of shows one million followers so the guy's doing something right and i don't know if it's was it what is that more than kyle so who's more famous in the uk kyle or bear i think they're both equally kyle's got a million too yeah kyle's got like 1.5 or something 1.3 yeah I think they're pretty similar as the way that Ooh, both Steven Bear's stuff. got 1.7. So he's got, he's got, and what's funny is like 1.4, 1.7, that's 300,000 more. So that's like a lot or whatever it is, 400,000 more. Um, I mean, look, these guys are mega stars out there, which is insane to me because I would have thought, Wes, tell me if you disagree. I think of British people as being very like prestigious and smart and articulate. And I would think they would look more down on reality TV than we do here in America. We just want to drink beer watch reality tv out there i would think they want to watch like downton abbey and yet stephen bear has two million followers we know i really hate to stereotype an entire country but after the last year or so of of getting to meet all these british people i think that they just sound a whole lot classier than they actually are (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, right. Well, I mean, the, the follow. I'll tell you right now, the followings they they say a lot. All right, here's a question about that. So you mentioned him being a good uh, social player. Jimmy says, with the influx of new competitors from other competition shows, was there any conversation as to how these newbies' games were on their respective shows? D sort of just asked this. And did any of this talk of other shows pique your interest in doing any other competitions out there, like Survivor, Big Brother, etc.? So does it matter when someone comes from a strictly social game like X on the Beach or whether they won Big Brother? You know, when you hear that Morgan Willette won a Big Brother over the top or a Josh won Big Brother, does that mean more to you than Natalie Negrati coming in eighth or something like that? Like, do you care about the games that these people played on their respective shows? And do you care about those respective shows and how closely tied they might be to the challenge game? Yes. Uh... I listened to the bananas podcast that you guys did last week. And he said the opposite of what I'm going to say. I completely disagree with him. I think that these, the big brother and survivor and shipwrecked and all this stuff, there's a lot of crossover and that you learn a ton from doing those shows. If not like possibly even more than having done the challenge, because you get to see a similar concept of a documented social game with voting and alliances and all this stuff. And you get to completely different people from a completely different vantage point. And you can take some of that innovation and bring it over when applicable to our game. And, uh, and so you, I definitely put a lot more stock into someone like a Josh who won versus someone like a Natalie who didn't win. Uh, and when I heard that turbo had won survivor twice and Josh had won big brother and Morgan had won big brother and bit and bear had won some of these things, uh, all of that kind of, uh, definitely padded their resumes a little bit. And I treated them with the, their due amount of respect because of it. Is there almost, I mean, you, even in the seasons that you haven't played on the challenge, you made it very clear. You've watched all of them closely. You're a fan of the show as much as you're a part of the show. I think even as just a spectator, you can agree that some of these challenges that have taken place, some that you played on, some that you've just watched, you know, you've seen people win seasons without ever having to really go in or prove themselves, or sometimes they get strung along. And at the end, they just kind of get hot when they need to. Do you think that some of these other shows structurally almost, you know, prove these people to be more proven commodities than sometimes a winner on the challenge might have been based on the uh, format, you know, like winning big brother. I mean, you yeah. kind of have to at literally oust 20 people. Whereas yeah. like there are seasons of the challenge, like Hunter and Ashley, no offense came in halfway through as quote unquote mercenaries. They never won a daily challenge. They have this, you know, final that's a team thing. And then Ashley ends up beating her partner by 20 seconds. And now she's a millionaire. I got to think that like, you know, Josh had it harder living in a house for three months on big brother and having to go on the block a few times and, and do all this, you know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think you look at each winner differently. And I think it definitely, uh, you know, seeing, you know, seeing them come out victorious from their respective challenge related games is, is important. I do think that you can look at a challenge champion, uh, differently than, you know, your lowest challenge champion. You know what I mean? You've got guys like, Johnny that have won six. You got guys like Darrell that have won four. You got guys that are like two for four. You know what I mean? Um, then you got people that have won one who are considered challenge champions. You've got one that's been there for six weeks. Like you said, Hunter and Ashley, they were, I don't think it was halfway, but they, I think they got a nice two week buffer. Um, you know, I think, I think everyone is sort of uh, looked at ranked differently. Right, Wes? 
I, uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think that the new, the new people get, I don't know, unfairly bashed by the fans. Um, and this is, and I, anyone who's there that even remotely disagrees with what I'm about to say is just being a hater. This is easily the best rookie class that we've ever had by far, bar none, nothing's even close. And so, and they all come in with their own, like backgrounds and resumes and there's a each every single one of them brings something to the table and it was just really impressive to see how good of a job they did casting how much they're coming into their own and uh, I, I mean I think because of it the future is very bright for this game and that makes me happy because one of these days if not already or whatever I'm going to ride off into that sunset and I want there to be a couch at the end of that sunset so I can watch the show for many, many years. And so, um, this is, it's just pretty fun to be a part of that story because I can see the future in in the eyes of some of these young guys. I'm, I'm going to hate a little bit. I'm going to hate a little bit because, um, yeah, because Bobby, I, I, hate on him. Bobby. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think like all these rookies are like getting a bad rap. You know what I mean? I don't think this, uh, this, set of people is really getting that bad of a rap. I think that what most of us, when we first started on these shows as rookies sort of, you know, got the shit end of the stick. Like we naturally were not going to be liked because we were new. We didn't, you know, we didn't have our stripes yet, you know, and do you, you mean know, by anything, cast members or by fans, by fans, by fans and cast members a little bit. You well, you, kinda, you have to split these up into two, and, and you have to talk about those two different things separately. So sure. on the fan, on the fan side, right? Like, let me just use your audience to prove a point. I said essentially just that at Challenge Mania Live in Chicago. Shout outs to that event. Good job, guys. And the audience booed me. Yeah, I do remember that. Okay, they booed and, me. and they it was that was Chicago, though. To be to be fair, I'm just yeah. kidding, but, but yeah. <laughs> And they booed me and don't go, I mean, they were eating up every last bad joke that I had to offer until I said, this is a great rookie class. The future is bright, yada, yada, yada. And the audience booed me. And that's what, and so that's what I'm getting on Twitter and all of a sudden it's like, we need to, as a collective fan unit, be more supportive of the casting choices because they see things that we don't, they know where the future is going to be. And the, some of the people are, ending their careers and we need to be replaced and it's going to take a couple of shows to build up their brands. And so we need to be more supportive sooner. So that way we don't invalidate a good cast member before they kind of say, screw this and move on to whatever the next opportunity is. I I think as far as the challenge mania lives go, I, I do Scott, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that we have more of like a veteran heavy fan base. I feel like, am I, am I, am I wrong, Scott? Yeah, well, so I think they were just trying to Definitely. probably show love yeah. to, you know, historically the people that they've enjoyed watching for years. And they, and I don't think they want them to go away. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think they, they want, you know, some of us to go away or them, whatever you want to call it. Wes is, is I credit Wes and Nani and their presence on this season with even allowing the fan base to not completely just 
destroy the idea of having a season where half of the cast members are new faces is the fact that we got you guys back. And obviously you have your Zachs and your Johnnies and your Caras and, you know, Leroy, but we've seen them recently. I think people were so excited to see you and so excited to see Nani that when this was announced, War of the Worlds, we're bringing in more Big Brother, we're bringing in more UK. In fact, we're only populating half of the cast with people you even know. I think that... If, if you guys weren't there, if your spot was filled by, say, Joss and uh, Nani's spot was filled by Marie, you know, I really think when they announced the concept for the season, people would have shat on it even more. And I think that at least by having you two, it's allowed viewers to say, well, the format's great. It's nice and tight. The challenges have been badass. The look has been great. I think people are still a little intimidated by the fact that this might mean less and less spots in the future for veterans. But I do think if they can continue to sprinkle in a Wes and a Nani, and by that I mean no longer do you two apply because we've seen you guys answer the call, but if every season they can dig up a Landon or an Alton or even a Derek and and show us that they're still trying to service the veteran fan base, then we'll be more apt to say, okay, welcome back, Bear. Hey, let's see who from Big Brother 20 could come over. Stuff like that. So as long as they reserve a couple spots, not just for old faithful veterans like Cara and Johnny, but for veterans we haven't seen every day for the past few years, I think they'll be okay i agree i think that's a very astute and complimentary uh response to that and i appreciate it but that also means i now should need to take a break or stop doing it so that way the fans can miss me again no i be no but i'd be cool with you like say taking zach's spot clearly zach doesn't want to be there but he gets the call every year you could now take that spot of the like returning veteran that we know is like you know back on board and playing you know like brad for instance when brad was on vendettas it was holy shit it's brad when Brad was on Final Reckoning, it was, oh, yeah, Brad, you know? So yeah. it's one of those things where we're cool with it being, oh, yeah, Wes, and we'd love you to be on there, but then we do need to replace that holy shit, it's Wes with holy shit, it's Alton, holy shit, it's, it's Landon, something like that. And I don't know it's going to be specifically those two guys. The reason I keep going back to those two guys is I know they're still probably physically still not in their prime, but in enough of their post-prime where they could still get it done. When sometimes people go to these old, and I don't mean old age-wise, but I mean like going really far back, guys, I don't think that they're going to get somebody from, you know, year 2000 challenge and throw them into this one. Like when I put together my fantasy roster recently and people said, oh, what about this person? What about that person? Like, I think we have to be within reason here of how far we expect them to go back when they're pulling these people out, because I do think they want it to be possible for them to do a couple if they do, you know, muster up, you know, some buzz and stuff and get those feuds going. We don't want them to be like one and done. And I do think, to be honest with you guys, the way TV works, you need to get insurance for these shows. Everyone needs to pass a physical and it's hard even on paper to get someone who's say 46 years old insured to do get hung off a crane and have to hold up their own body weight above a mountain like that's not easy to do even for these multi-billion dollar companies you know it's hard the more the, the more you stack the deck against yourselves when you're doing shows like this the harder it is to get insured or the more those premiums go up so having 28 year old guys out there having 34 year old guys who are still at their peak physical condition girls as well you know that helps so i do think we you know when people kind of think oh bring back her bring back him we need to be a little bit more realistic when it comes to that, you know? Well, well, I, I think like one of the oldest, you know, cast members out there that's, you know, like I go back to looking at like an Eric niece or like a Mark long, right. They're up there, man. They're up there. But I still remember when Mark long came back after taking like a long hiatus and they had him with his shirt off and Prez Hilton was tweeting about him. And it, it, I think it was, he was 40. He was 40 at the time. And it was like the biggest 
deal. And then Invasion came along. Then we kind of had like, you know, CT and and Darrell back. You know what I mean? It was like exciting, you know? So, um, and then they kind of had to sprinkle us, us, us through there. And, uh, and like you said, now we got Wes and Nani. Haven't seen him for a full season in a long time. I think you're right. It, it adds a nice little, you know, older faces that people are excited to see again, you know? All right, everybody, more with the interview in just a moment, but I do have to tell you about a new sponsor we're working with called BetterHelp. Uh, We all have moments in our life when stuff's getting you down, stuff interferes with your happiness, preventing you from being maybe productive, achieving your goals, whether they be daily goals, weekly goals. Uh, Sometimes it's hard to even want to get out of the house. And uh, BetterHelp, what they do is they provide online counseling. You get help on your own time at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions plus chat and text with your therapist and you don't even have to leave your house. We've all suffered from stuff like this. Depression, stress, anxiety, relationship issues, anger, family conflicts, grief, self-esteem, sleeping issues, trauma. It's all stuff that is a part of life. And uh, anything you share with your counselor is absolutely confidential. That's a must. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time. They have 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states. BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you no matter what your issue is. There's four communication modes, text, chat, phone, and video. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's affordable, professional, convenient, secure, and we're really proud to be working with BetterHelp because they are providing a fantastic service for anyone who needs it. And as we know, mental health is a really important issue that isn't talked about enough, so we're happy to be talking about it here with you on Challenge Mania. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. Challenge Mania listeners get 10% off with BetterHelp for your first month. All you got to do is use the discount code MANIA. Why not get started today? If you're having one of those days, go to betterhelp.com mania. Simply fill out a questionnaire and help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that you will love. That's betterhelp.com mania. All right, back to the interview. Um, I want to ask you about this moment that you and, and Bear had. Um, it says... Uh, when Bear came into the tribunal and told Wes off the way he did and then walked out, why didn't Wes respond to it at all? Was it part of the mental game or did he not just did he just not have anything to say? That's from Chris. I want to add a third option. Did you say something and they found it more suspenseful to cut it there? Uh, to be perfectly honest, I don't really remember that one. Um, but I can say that there has been a lot of very amazing golden tribunal moments that have been left on the cutting room floor. And I, I don't think that there's any conspiracy behind it. It's just, they're, they're, they're literally leaving in what is necessary to tell the story and there's no room for any fluff. So they're not doing anything wrong. I'm not mad at them, but like my tribunal inquisition against Morgan and bananas was television gold. Like I want them to show that, in its full length without being edited on like social media, because that is footage that deserves to see the light of day. That is just downright hilarious. And I mean, would, it would make my, it would make my ear. Um, every single one of those tribunals, I went in so prepared with the most hysterical questions and retorts and comebacks that no one could keep up. 
And, it, and I, so the answer is, yeah, there probably was a lot more that got cut, but by the time he went, but like my questions and inquisitions sent him on that tirade and that was the end result that I wanted. So it looks like he finished it, but it's really cause he couldn't handle the line of questioning that was being brought to him. Yeah. I have a proposal to, uh, to the challenge universe, Wes, maybe you can help me with this. Even before your time, we had 22 minute episodes. My road rule season was 22 minute episodes, half hour, um, for six, 17 episodes. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then we, I think we screamed loud enough to get one hour episodes. Right. And now it's, so I think 30, 30 was like 17, one hour episodes, uh, including the, all the, you know, stuff at the reunion. I think that we need to go to two hours at the very (laughs) least 90 minutes, big brothers doing it like three times a week plus after dark, you know? So like, if we're going to be the grand poobah or however the hell you say that of, I don't know how you say that because I've never heard that term in my entire life. I think that's pretty close. I know what he's saying. You guys must've never seen, watch the Flintstones growing up. Yeah. The yeah, Grand uh, Poobah. I'll be honest, yeah. I I don't know it. I, I, I think that Derek might have you on this one, Scott, but I don't know if it came from the Flintstones. <laughs> that's where it came. That's where it came from for me. Or okay. the, my vision, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, if we're gonna be, you know, Grand the Poobah. ultimate if yeah, we are it's, going- it's more of like a boxing reference or something like that. I don't know why Flintstones was, but no, that is definitely Maxwell a thing, Dixon, professionally known as Grand Poobah, is an American rapper and MC, best known as a member of the group Brand Nubian. Is that who you're talking about? No, definitely no, not. No, it's more of like a tongue and it's a turn of phrase. Like it's definitely a thing. I don't know how to spell it. So like you're spelling it the way oh, he's. It- okay, maybe it's Poobah. Oh, it is. Wait. <laughs> Here we go. Grand Poobah is a term derived from the name of the haughty character Poobah in Gilbert and Sullivan's The Mikado. In this comic opera, Poobah holds numerous exalted offices, including First Lord of the Treasury. But but then it also has Fred Flintstone, I believe, in a photo here, which is insane. So he, he might be right about Yeah, shoot. Derek's got it. So if we are going to be the ultimate challenge. Grand Poobah. Yeah. Yeah. Show of all time uh, across the world. We are the street fighter. We are, we are the mortal combat of, of challenge related reality TV shows. We have to do more than big brother. No. Well, I, I agree with every single thing that you said with the exception of the last couple of syllables, we should do that because it's a good idea. And there's a lot of great content that is being left on the cutting room floor just for the sake of fitting it into this very short time frame that they have. Yeah. But, but we should never make a move because someone else is doing something. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, like as we yeah. never need to compare yeah. ourselves, we are better. We are bigger. We are more innovative. It's like, that's what I tell my startups yeah. when I'm in a room with them. And they're ever like, Oh, but these guys are doing this. These guys are doing that. I'm like, stop fucking looking over your neighbor's fence and just, just be awesome yourself. Innovate yourself on further. Do it because your company or because this show or because our group wants to innovate. And this is how we're going to do it. We're never going to make mm-hmm. reactive moves, but I would, I personally would watch 90 minutes, like no questions asked. Like, I would love that. Like, I understand why it's 42 minutes or whatever the number is, but I'm, and I don't want it to be as drawn out as the final reckoning, but there are hilarious and pertinent scenes that are definitely being left out. And that just sucks because there's the, the fans, you know, 
are missing out on some cool things and nothing like conspiratorial or nothing like absolutely ridiculous. Like they are choosing to put in the most important storylines, but even those storylines aren't getting as much context as they deserve. And there's been some great eliminations like the Ashley and Hunter one where some really cool rounds had to get deleted, like rounds that it resulted in the ball, like went out of the circle or whatever, and they had to start over. So there wasn't a score, but they were still great rounds that, everyone would have enjoyed it just didn't make the cut as far as time wise and so I, w- I wish that you know i like the 90 minute idea i'd be I'd, I'd vote for that um as far as character wise who do you think has anybody been criminally underserved so far in the edit as far as like you know we didn't get to play with them so to us they were kind of just blips on our radar this season jp and and uh shailene and you know you got a little bit more of of zahida i would say but you know among some of those rookies that exited either early or fairly early and we, we really never got to know them any of them just having spent actual time with them did you wish got more camera time um, okay. I guess we, to, to speak to those individually, they're, they're none of them that you mentioned. So would you say JP, Shailene or, um, Zahida, none of them did anything materially, materially relevant to the storyline or to the game. They didn't fight. They didn't hook up. They didn't vote in any particular way. They didn't try and co- create alliances. They didn't do any of the stuff that the show is known for. And so I don't think that they were done dirty in any way, shape or form. Now, I think that they're all individually great people. And my favorite of them is JP. Like I thought he was, he was the bee's knees, right? The grand poobah of who I wanted to hang out with on the day to day. But just Mm. because I want to drink beers with him, just because I want to talk about life with him. And just because I look up to him and think that he's an awesome human doesn't mean that he necessarily made his mark in those, in the, in the one and a half weeks that he was there or whatever. Uh, but he could have, if he had been in the show a little bit longer, like think about it. What if he had won that ring thing and called out CT and won it? Uh, and then he would have been paired with Maddie and then that would have been an unstoppable team. He was in an alliance with me. So he would have been in all sorts of game related discussions. And so there, he was one ring away from, or I guess theoretically two rings away. He was one win away from being, one of the most important figures of the show. And so he took a big swing. He missed, but the fact that he took that swing was probably a, a fair, an, an interesting bet uh, as far as I'm concerned. What about Natalie, uh, who it wasn't her first time playing per se. She had played on both seasons last year. She would have partnered up with JP, I think, after the fact, retroactively, you say, all right, they didn't make it very far. But for a while there, I thought, I'm like, who did she piss off? Because she was just never featured at all. And she had been a pretty well-liked and, and much talked about cast member over the past couple seasons. I'm, I'm surprised she was featured so little. Yeah, she was just so boring. I uh, um, I don't know what to say. She wasn't a part of anything. Like, she just kind of did her own thing, and she floated around and was a part of, like, life conversations and a part of, I don't know, she was just hanging out a lot. But there was no gameplay. There was no fighting. There was no, I don't know, there was no nothing. Um, and, and I, I mean, there was definitely times where I enjoyed her company, but from a cast member perspective, I think that this was the nail in her coffin. Um, and then Zahida, who is the one person I named who I, I kind of even, you know, dis, 
you know, disagree with myself for throwing in that bunch. I did feel like they did go to her for social commentary as far as in the interview chair. And I forget if it was on the show or on social media, but someone had pointed out that I guess her and Ashley, male Ashley, the beast had a little bit of a fling going that was like underserved. Is that something that went on in the house that we just never got to see? I think there was some flirting, but, uh, I don't think that there was an actual, like, I don't think that they hooked up, hooked up, uh, but there definitely was some flirting and such, but I don't, I don't think that there was any, I don't think anything was left on the cutting room floor that would have been pertinent to the story now. All right. Uh, here's a couple questions I think you'll dig. Uh, challenge maniac mom says, Wes, other than yourself, which, and you have to answer this, which challenger do you think is the funniest? Why do I have to answer this? Because I could, I could see you, see you spinning this into like a, if you took me off the show, there would literally be no laughs and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and the funniest cast member is the one whose joke I had just written and handed them or something like that. So I'm going to take those off Whoa. the table for you. Whoa. And I want to actually know Whoa. who makes you laugh because I know Shots somebody fired. does. Yeah, pop, 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 pow. I know you too uh, well. Okay, first off, that's hilarious because that's so true. So one of the storyline <laughs> producers, after about a week, came to me and he was like, Wes, can you please help me coach? And he literally gave me the names of the worst rookies at the interviews. And so I spent one whole round of trying to coach them on being good. And then he came back up to me and he said, no, this isn't working. And I'm like, okay. So I'm not going to be able to uh, teach them how to fish in this short amount of time. So let me just give them the fish. So I would walk around with my notepad and I would spend, you know, 30 to 60 minutes with some of the people that were struggling the most. And I would write all of their jokes for them and they would walk into the interview room and they would just recite the jokes that I had written. And how much did Gus pay you? No, uh, Gus is gonna, Gus is gonna bring it a little bit here very soon. Uh, but no, there were some, there were some other ones. I'm not going to name names. Um, Okay. So forget rookies though. Who do you think is funny and you wouldn't need to write for? Davon. Davon is having the most hysteric. Davon is easily the best interview artist after me that's on the show right now. Like she is hilarious. She's got it. She's you know, it's a combination of she's actually funny. She's actually witty. She understands how to track the storyline. So she knows how to say relevant things. It's not like they're going in and saying irrelevant jokes because that won't matter. Uh, then she practices essentially on her, like her YouTube channel in between shows. And then she's got the practice of being on two big brothers stuff where they're kind of coached and then they get experience with it. So she's a very well-rounded interview artist and she's really just bringing it and her, her style of comedy and how she says it and all that is not only hilarious, but it's also like her own niche that I could never do that style with no matter how many times I tried. So I got to hand it to Devon. She's kind of got this for sure. Like, I don't, I don't really think that there's a close second place. I think she's just running away with it. Yeah. She's been funny, like in scene too, like in a couple of those moments with, with bear when he's kind of just gone off the handle and she'll just, you know, be there with the facial expressions and stuff. She's, she's fantastic. All right. Well then like the eye roll, like the eye roll. Oh, the eye roll. No, no, like completely shutting him down. From saying anything in the uh, in, in on the killing floor that was great. before he put his foot in his mouth any further, 
Yeah. She was like, no, 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 no. We're going to talk about this over here. I thought that I was fucking dying. It was like, I think yeah. I've made my mind up already. And she's like, nope, we're <laughs> going to go talk over here. Come over here, yeah. Bear. Okay. All right. We're going to think this out. All right. Yeah. Then it was after that challenge or before that challenge where he was like, I'm feeling good if we win this challenge. I think I'm going to tie up Dave Vaughn and we're going to feel horny tonight. And she was like, no, no, no. What? What? No. <laughs> hey, Wes, Wes, how about, how about him quitting that challenge? The, the tire challenge, not the one where you guys were sliding on the tires, but the yeah. one where you guys are carrying the tire or rolling the tires, quitting on her then, and then winning with her on the killing floor and then like running up to her and like giving her all this praise. I don't know. I thought, I thought we were seeing all these different shades of, of bear. You know what I mean? Uh, I saw through it. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> hater. Uh, but no, I agree, Scott. You're, you're both, both of you are right. So we just complimented the crap out of Devon, so we can now insult her a little bit, and it'll end up being a little bit of a wash. Okay, uh, I do agree. Bear shouldn't have quit, but I know exactly what it's like being chained to someone that can't run more than a mile. And this was a literal eight mile run. If you finished the whole thing and you did all the laps, it was eight miles that had to be done. And she started walking by the time they'd done before they had done their first like full lap. And so that just like in all fairness, it's like he's never going to win. He's not going to get in that top three with that. He's nowhere close. Why? Why walk for four or five more miles chained up to your partner in the middle of the heat all like with no chance of winning? Like why? Uh, so I do, I do feel bad for him that anyone paired up with Devon that wins an endurance challenge is essentially a God and he is not a God. And so, uh, uh, I, I feel bad for him. I understand kind of what's going on because as much as she comes in and she might be one of the best interviewers in the house, you also have to be able to run. Uh, it's just kind of like a, a prerequisite of being on the challenge or at least being a a good character there. So you gotta, I, I do feel for him a little bit. Um, in that situation. Well, I'm glad you said that because I know how you feel about your running ability. So that maybe takes Devon off the table for an answer to this question. I was scared. You might just go with that answer again. Mrs. Rutch says, who is the female Wes? Uh, you know, that's, that's a tough one just cause I, I've, I think that Cam has a lot of abilities to see the game similarly to how I see it. Um, and she's got for, for her um, early experience, she's she's definitely got the ability to uh, beat me and surpass me at some of the things that I've done from a cerebral standpoint. So I'd say she's the closest uh, there are some, I think D is not getting it very much credit. Uh, maybe she will later, but she, once, she, once it, she got the game, it clicked and it was, and she became as much of a confidant and a board member of our team that I took very seriously, like relatively early in the game, once she figured it out. So D is pretty darn impressive. Uh, Ninja Natalie was, very impressive from a uh, from a political and strategic standpoint. She didn't get the ability to use it too often at the beginning of her game uh, because Polly and her were winning so much. But now that the first sign of mortalness was uh, mortality was kind of shown in her kind of losing to Kara. Yeah, she shit the bed. I mean, she lost to everyone. She almost lost to Josh, and Josh was horrible. So, uh, 
Yeah. So she, so I'd say, I'd say I'm a good, healthy combination of her and the, and Cam. Interesting that you went like all across the, I mean, Cam's been around for a couple seasons now, but across the board, all fairly new competitors. So like nobody from say your generation that you played with over the course of a few years ever jumped out at you as kind of being on your level socially, mentally, or even physically, as far as that comparison goes. No, there's a bunch of people that I think are a bunch of females that did this, that were very athletic, very good at the game, played somewhat similarly to me, were understood the strategy and stuff. So I'm not like not complimenting all those people. It's just, these were the, these are the most relevant to what's going on right now that, I, that I see some, there, that there's some crossover in that Venn diagram. It's not like these are the only three, like there's a large list, a long list of girls that, um, uh, are phenomenal at this and, and, and match my style. Um, Michelle says, I would love to know Wes's take on the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Hollywood reporter column. Did you read that by chance, Wes? You know, I did, but I skimmed it. So I, I think I get the point. Am I correct in saying that he just, uh, he, his thesis was essentially like, the people are going on this game nowadays for inauthentic reasons and that they're going on just kind of to build up clout and they're there for, they're not there for the sanctity of the game. And then there's clowns like bananas who, you know, yada, yada, yada. And there's, uh, I don't know. So it was a, it was like a backhanded compliment of an article. Yeah. I took it as overall the idea that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has at some point in his life, watched the challenge was flattering to the franchise. And it was just amazing to me knowing that like, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who's this huge sports legend and actually comes off as being kind of uptight and just the last person you'd picture sitting on his couch on a Wednesday watching the challenge. That part is interesting, but the kind of the thread of the article is somewhat negative, but how, However, the thing he said about the newer competitors actually sounded like something Johnny would say. And if you take out the like half a paragraph where he knocks Johnny, I, you could have got me to be convinced that Johnny Ghost wrote this article for him. So it was a very kind of, you know, veteran of the show fan base kind of angle to it. Um, without getting too much into it, though, I want to reference one thing he said about the challenge jumping the shark. This comes from 100 Question Howard, who you met via uh, FaceTime when you were in Chicago. Someone waited online to meet you i believe it might have been michelle actually and when she was there and she finally got to the head of your line she had hundred question howard on the facetime and i watched that that meeting go down so yeah i'm his i'm his biggest fan so what from one fan to another hundred question howard says in your opinion at what point do you think the challenge has jumped the shark something that was brought up in the article written by kareem is the challenge that most fans know and truly love dead and in its place filled with the people who don't appreciate and love the game hmm I don't understand I that think, second half, but yeah. I think I can, I, through context clues, I could probably answer that, but I've never heard the expression jump the shark. Oh, I could break it down for you. So jump the shark is an entertainment term based on a moment in happy days when happy days had been on for probably two, three years past its prime. And there was a segment where the Fonz is, and I, I actually never saw this in real time. I just am so familiar with the term. I could tell you where the folklore comes from. And there was a scene where Fonz, 
literally jumps a shark on a surfboard in the middle of the ocean. It's, it's outrageous. It's ridiculous. It's unrealistic. And at that moment, everyone knew, okay, happy days has, has run its course. So that <laughs> term has transcended happy days. It's transcended <laughs> entertainment. It's used in all walks of life. Now you would say, Oh, you know what? You know what? We, we have guacamole at subway. Now I think subway has jumped the shark. You know, you know, uh, the challenge now has people coming on from Nickelodeon shows. I think it's jumped the shark. So it's kind of meaning like, you know, sort of, <laughs> <laughs> past its heyday and trying too hard to make fetch happen in the moment, like, you know, kind of grasping its straws here. And it's, you know, that that's basically where the, the thing derives from. So what do you think? I mean, they're trying new things, some of which stick, some of which don't. They're bringing in new faces, some of which we're gravitating towards, some of which we you know, obviously just, you know, don't ask back. I mean, at what point do you think the challenge could potentially jump the shark? Is there Are there directions you see it going in that if they don't kind of rein it in, it could be perceived as jumping the shark? I mean, to me, it's like if it hasn't already, I think we're kind of in this for the long haul collectively, but what say you? Yeah, uh, I definitely do not think that they have jumped the shark. I think I, I applaud absolutely everything they're doing. I, my whole business philosophy is based on the scientific method of you have a hypothesis about what you think might be innovative or might be a good idea. You acknowledge that that idea is just an idea. And so there's no merits or clouts or validity to your idea until you test it. You test it in a small capacity in a way that won't ruin the whole franchise or the whole business or the whole concept. And then if it works, you quantitatively decide whether it works and you validate or invalidate it. If it does well, then you do more of it. It does poorly. You do less of it. And they tested out bringing in some people from internationally two seasons ago. It worked phenomenally, partly because they were just great cast members that they brought in. I love seeing them brought in on Vendettas. I thought it was a great addition. So they brought in more of them. And I don't think anyone now is clamoring for more, but I don't think anyone's clamoring for less. So I think that they'll just start to say, okay, this is about the right amounts. And then whatever they think the next best idea is, they'll test it in a small capacity. If it doesn't work, they'll kill it. If it does work, then they'll, they'll, they'll do more of it. And so they'll let data kind of guide them into what the fans are going to continually want. And if they keep up that attitude, they're constantly going to be providing just a marginal out of innovation that's going to keep the show kind of going in the right direction for many years to come. And they're not betting too heavily on just their ideas. They're betting heavily on the data and what works best and what, what the fans are asking for. And they're listening in, in different and qualitative and quantitative ways. And it's just, I don't know, it's, they're running it very correctly. I applaud them. And, and to tie it all together, going back to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's uh, article, I believe in it, it actually said uh, this this last episode had its highest ratings ever. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, At least and, in several years. And, and and with that and with that said, I find the article a little kind of offensive, you know, because if if you have the highest ratings ever, you like you've got to be doing something right. He's kind of like, let's go back to the old school, which is I get it, I get it. Um, but the thing is, is like. I'm I'm like, can we get an article on how we make the slam bring back the slam dunk contest from way back when? Because it's definitely not getting better. Yeah, I don't yeah. Like, yeah, but you know, I mean, what, you know but, he's a judge. You know he's a judge at the slam dunk contest every talk, year that you talk, probably don't watch. We talked about this on our last podcast. You're really bringing this back. I'm livid. I'm I am livid. <laughs> he needs to do an article on the slam dunk contest now. 
but I think what the NBA is doing is right. But I think like when someone comments on the NBA, whether it be you, whether it be any celebrity, I think we all kind of like expect that people watch the NBA or fans of the NBA. I think it's funny and interesting when someone like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or anyone noteworthy from another sort of sector of entertainment admits to, and I use the word admit lovingly, being a challenge fan and not just like in passing aware of the show to write that article, like it or not, even though it had a negative kind of feel to it to, to talk about the challenge in the detail that he did. He's clearly watched several seasons of the show, which is just not something I would have pegged him for. You know, you, you peg the challenges having a certain demographic 71 year old basketball legends is not among them. So that that's what was interesting <laughs> about it. I don't think, you know, another article about why the dunk contest sucks is, you know, as interesting it's, as it that. It shouldn't be you know? why, why it sucks, but how do we, fix it you Who's fix gonna it fix it when is it when does it get fixed scott this it is gets one of the fixed best when you just have no players seen. playing in it so that's what that's all you need to do right if we had the four four of the top 30 players in the nba in it you'd, you'd be interested right if it wasn't just like maybe four guys turbo, who have jerseys may, maybe if turbo wrote an article about it it wouldn't matter um <laughs> speaking speaking of uh People, <laughs> I don't. I don't even have a good segue here. Derek's on one right now, and I, I, I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> All right, no better time than I think right now to take a short break. We'll be back with Wes in just a minute, but I want to remind you guys about Quip. One of the most important things we do for our health every day is brush our teeth. You can't do it on Survivor, but you can do it at home in your bathroom. Yet most of us don't do it properly. Quip is a better electric toothbrush created by dentists and designers. Quip was designed to make brushing your teeth more simple, affordable, and even enjoyable. I'm not gonna lie. I got my Quip in the mail recently and I've been using it probably more than I should. I know you're supposed to brush twice a day. I've been brushing like three times a day as soon as I got this thing. The sensitive sonic vibrations are gentle enough on your sensitive gums because people brush too hard and some electric toothbrushes are too abrasive. There's a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides. I love that because sometimes I'll just start thinking of something. Who are we interviewing next? When's the next Challenge Mania? And I forget and I've been on the same side for three minutes. The pulsing will let you know when to move to the next side of your mouth. Up to 90% of us don't brush for a full two minutes or clean evenly with the Quip brush and make sure that you do. It declutters your sink. You can use the multi-use cover. It mounts to your mirror and unmounts to slide over for your bristles for on-the-go brushing. Declutters your entire cabinet. Not only do you get your brush, which starts at $25 if you go to getquip.com mania, but you will get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. Just go to getquip.com mania right now. I love Quip, and they're backed by over 20,000 dental professionals. Hard to believe there's even a dental professional in existence who is not behind Quip. All right, let's get back to Weston Bergman. All right. Cali sports guy. What are your thoughts, Wes, on Paulie saying he will be the best challenger ever? There's a lot to unpack in that question. Uh, we have to, you have to acknowledge that until this Wednesday, he won every challenge up to this point and he is on a roll and it, and you have to give him the fact that he's partnered with debatably the best girl that they've ever had did on the he show win first place. Or did it went off? Just get in the tribunal top three. He didn't even, he didn't even get in the tribunal this week. D 
This week he That's did not. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, but you almost have to hand him like a de facto tribunal win because he couldn't have done any better. He got all got past the entire right. thing that most people failed on. Got up on top of the monster truck. Definitively, I beat everyone at that, and it was somewhat acknowledged. But so I would just like to throw that out there that I was the fastest on that one. Uh, but I he thought they still, gave it to Hunter, but it wasn't in any particular order. I guess did Hunter pay you to say that? Because him and I have been going back and forth on this. <laughs> for uh, such a long time. Like I'll randomly get a text or whatever from him in the middle of the night. And it'll be something like, did you know that I did 50 pushups on the back of that truck? By the time uh, it hit the finish line, I had that much time uh, left. And so it's like been an inside joke, but I think, uh, I think that the footage somewhat clears up the fact that I got first place on that one, but uh, anyway, uh, that, that fit my, that fit my um, skill sets very properly. But no, you ha- it is what it is. Like he's gonna be really good from as long as he wants to do this. And he played the right sport growing up. He's got the attitude to train. He understands that he needs to be a very well-rounded physical player. He puts in his time in between shows to do his homework and to build relationships with the right people. I mean, it. it, it there is a chance that he could become one of the best to do it. He's got some things that are holding him back a little bit, but, uh, he definitely has the ability to one day, if not someday soon, fill those shoes a little bit. Owning a business is great. It's a lot of fun. Definitely a lot of ups and downs. It's 24, seven, 365. Running a small business means you're always running. Clover is an all in one management tool that takes care of business from accepting payments, to selling more, to the daily tasks that keep your business humming. Clover is in your corner. Here's the problem. Here's the problem, Wes. It doesn't matter what Johnny's elimination record is. It doesn't matter, you know, how many times we've seen him lose at some stupid games, one could say. Getting six challenge championships, both you and I know how hard it is to just win one. Mm-hmm. How the fuck is anyone going to get six? Well, the same way that uh, Johnny did, which is make it your life for 15 years. Yeah, go on every season, go on half of them where eight people win at once. Yeah, like it's a, like a and, and build little gangs and don't take a break and train in between them and cheat whenever possible. And yeah, you'll add up to six. D, you don't think you could have gotten to six if you didn't take seven years off? <laughs> you almost <laughs> I, won. I you almost won Dirty 30. If you had won that, that would have been four. And you don't think you could have won like two of those weird ones that you missed? If they would have done voting like they do in Big Brother, I would have had four. I would have had four challenge championships after the Dirty 30. Well, I mean. But it it didn't happen. Yeah, and and let's be honest. Like, I mean, there's a lot. I am not diminishing what Bananas has done. There has been a lot of impressive things that he's done, but he's had some of the best girl partners ever. Like, in in those years, I'm partnered with Casey. I got Mandy twice. I got Mandy twice. So by the time before I could legally drink, I had been partnered with two blonde chicks that weighed less than 115 pounds. Like this is so anytime that you get paired with weight like that, dead weight like that, 
I, I, it's like, it's like they shouldn't count. That's not fair. It's like, how can you really say that's that, that it counts as a loss when CT had to go home when he's paired with Veronica? Like, how is that fair? It's like, yeah, he was on the show, but you can't really count that in his loss column. That's just not fair. You can't count the ruins as a loss in my book when it was my entire team against me. That was just bad team. Yeah, play. but you can also say CT paired with Wes. Not that fair. You know what I mean? My point is this. I mean, my point is this. Like, luck matters in this game. You yes. know it, dude. Yeah, luck yeah, yeah, yeah. Luck is an intangible that we you haven't talked about. You've talked about all types of quantitative shit that I, fucking goes over my head in your scientific method of making a good business. But luck, I think, is one thing that we, we don't talk about. And that's like partnered with this person. Oh fuck. Now I don't have to worry about Leroy because bear bear tossed him out, even though maybe Leroy's partner is going to hold him back anyway, but who knows if Leroy's vote comes into play at some point, what if Leroy does get like a, a, a good game that, you know, puts him in the tribunal. Um, you know, like the, these little things matter, like the puzzle pieces sometimes in order to win these challenges have to fall together right at the last minute perfectly. Yep. I agree. So that's why that's why I say 6 is like fuck far out. And then on top of that, you're going to we're going to me and you're going to go back and forth. Well, we didn't go back and forth that much, but about champs versus stars counting and you want to give him a seventh championship? Yeah, I do. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's go. Let's get into it. Well, like on that one, it's like here's here's the deal. And like let's just really make this simple for any fans and for you and everyone, if you want to count any wins between the first challenge ever and let's call it the 12th challenge ever, any one of those, if you want to count those. Which one by have, name? What would you call the 12th challenge ever? I think 12 was Fresh Meat 1. I think that's when stuff got serious. So you, are uh, you are you talking about the era when it was like eight people won at once? Like it was yeah, like a, that, yeah. right. Yeah, so like okay. when Durrell won essentially all of his stuff, and so he has one challenge championship in the new era, and the rest were where you're running around in chicken suits, winning with twelve people on the team. Uh, so uh, I mean, you, you can you go in there, all right, go me, in there, wait, let me and finish. look at all the. Con- all right, I'm sorry. Let me finish. And so, if you want to count those. You have to count champs for stars because those are we filmed the last champs for stars took five weeks and was with real athletes and real competitions. And the final admitted by Tony, I'm saying it right here, was harder than the Vendetta's final in the new era. So how is like you have you eat, you have to do one of two things. You have to either discount all of the first third of the challenges and also discount champs for stars or you have to count them all like those are your two options. Okay, but what about the element of the cushiness of the conditions? Not yeah. the competing. I'm not talking about the competing, but I'm talking about the the hotels and the cell phones and the like the not constant house reality and, and that whole deal and how that weighs on you during the normal game and all that stuff and how you guys got to live in the, you know, whatever it was called, the whatever that hotel was. Back in the original day, okay, so we had uh, we had cell phones. Like I remember having, I almost said something inappropriate there. I remember having long 
phone conversations with people back in America. I remember booking gigs from the other countries. I remember returning emails. I remember seeing what the theme of the puzzles were in Dual One and then get, getting all the answers to the puzzles via the internet on our house laptop and memorizing them. So how, like there's an end all while being in a mansion with free booze and food. I mean, that's pretty darn cush. I, and this stuff got progressively more and more like prison. And I'm, and I do acknowledge that that plays a big part in the way later era. But I mean, the stuff was easy back in the day. You weren't like getting crazy, crazy cabin fever in, in uh, fresh meat one or whatever. You definitely weren't getting it in, let's call it, I don't know, gauntlet one or whatever, where you could walk downstairs and have them, the, 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 the private custom in-house chefs make you a custom omelet for you. Like get the fuck out of here. Like the stuff was, the stuff was a big game, a big spring break vacation that didn't take as long to film as champs for stars. And you were, and you know, so I, I think that you definitely have to weigh that into the conversation for sure. And I'm not taking anything away from it because I know it's difficult, but it doesn't change the fact that, uh, that it's still a difficult political and athletic game to win, regardless of whether or not you're in a hotel or not. Yeah, right. no, I, fair. I, I think, I, yeah, but I, I also think that you can't take away like the degree of difficulty back then because we weren't, we, neither one of us were there. We don't, we don't know exactly what the fuck it was like in there. We don't know what, like you say, chicken suit. That's one little mini competition that you saw Cyrus in that hasn't left her head because you saw it when you're eight years old and you're like, what the fuck is Cyrus doing in a chicken suit? I just saw him on uh on an infomercial that we can't speak of. Um, it's it, so I, I think, you know, the degree of difficulty, I think the luck, I think, it, I, I, I don't think you can go you know, back to like 1954 and, and say, we're not giving those guys, uh, NBA championships, you know, or I don't even know if the league was, you know, right. Yeah. But you can, you can get annoyed when people are wondering if like George Mikan was as good as LeBron James, you know, like you do kind of look at different eras and you're like, all right, this guy was the best for his era, but like, clearly it's just a different caliber of athlete. Now they play more games. The, uh, the competition is better. It's faster. There's three point shooting. Like there, you know, games do evolve to where it does get, you know, a little bit annoying when people just want to kind of say, Oh, you got to give the people from the past generations credit. You, due to a certain standpoint, but then when games evolve and competitions evolve and, and conditions evolve and stuff like that, you can look at it as being a little different. Now, that being said, I did just pull up Johnny's six championships and I thought that he had won one when it was like full on group challenge. His first two were the Island of the Ruins when it was like him and four other people. And since D was on those teams and I don't want to discredit D's championships, but my point is this, he does have a legit six championship. So I misspoke before. I'm not going to take anything away from Johnny, but I mean, the elimination record is what it is. The guy's play he's batting average is, is he's one six, but he's, I mean, what is it? 18. So, you know, hitting 300, it's still not that bad. Um, Wes about Paulie though, you know, what's funny about Paulie is that if you follow the day-to-day stuff, if you follow the in-between season stuff, if you knew him on Big Brother, a lot of people dislike Paulie. However, you know, you get the feeling by just watching the game, you get the feeling that when like Natalie's out there and she has first pick and she takes Paulie. I make the joke sometimes that if you were like a kid and you didn't pay any attention to any of the ancillary stuff and you just were watching War of the Worlds, Paulie would be your hero. I mean, the guy's out there winning. He's got these great like post-win like speeches or moments and whatnot. He th- seems like he's playing with honor. He's calling 
calling out Kyle left and right. He's saying, TJ, can I just go out there with Kyle one-on-one? But, like, we know all the other stuff, so, like, that's not the case. What is it like in the house? Is Paulie well-liked? Do people respect his gameplay? Do they respect him athletically? And how much do people care about all the other stuff? I know a lot of it played out after this season, but what say you in that regard? Um, I think that he is pretty darn well-respected and liked in the house. And it's just, he does, you, everyone sees like the most dramatic, angry 1% of his gameplay, but uh, I think, uh, sorry. I'm he wants to talk. He wants to talk. I don't know, I'm having some dog issues. It's about his dinner time. So he's being annoying. Is that bootstrap? Um, yeah, it's bootstrap. Sorry. I, <laughs> Even bootstrap I, hates Paulie. He's not going to let you no, compliment him. He's like, no, I'm getting boots- in on this. Bootstrap loves Paulie. Um, hold on. He's got to get food or this just isn't going to work. And he's the biggest Challenge Mania fan ever, so he says hello. All right, Bootstrap. What's up, brother? Um, booty? You call him Booty for short? He's got more nicknames than any dog ever. Uh, but, uh, yes, Booty is one of them. Boots? Uh, yeah, Boots. Straps? Yeah, yeah, Bootstrap, Jockstrap, you know, yada, yada, yada. There's just a bunch for him. Okay. But Polly, back to Polly. Okay, so let's see. What was the question? Okay, what say you? Okay, I've got it. So he is pretty darn well liked. Even Kyle is throwing in compliments left and right. Kyle wanted to get him out for all the right reasons. Like Kyle's like, we have to get him out because he's winning. He's gonna beat me. So it's like everyone kind of just a partner. He's got Ninja as a partner. It's like everyone is on the same page that he's good at this game. No one's taking anything away from him in that respect. And I had no idea about any of the big brother stuff. Cause I don't watch that show. And I hadn't, and we left, um, midway through final reckoning. So I hadn't even been able to watch. I mean, he was just in the redemption house. So I didn't have a whole lot of data on what this guy was all about before I essentially met him for the first time. And in all my interactions with him, he's been nothing but genuine and a good guy to me and fun to be around and all this kind of stuff. And I really don't want to judge him for any of the mistakes that he made on big brother, for any of the mistakes that he's making in his personal life, because that's really none of my damn business. Like in my company, my entrepreneurs make mistakes in their personal lives, but I don't bring that into how I treat them with their startups. It's like, I work with them. I shouldn't be judging them because of things that they've done ill in their private life. And I, to a certain extent, I kind of treat this game the same way. And I also don't want I want to give him and everyone the benefit of the doubt of they all, every human gets to start on a, with a blank slate with me. And if they want to screw up that painting, go right ahead. They're more than welcome to, and I will treat them accordingly, but they need to do that to me first. And as of this moment right now, uh, Paulie's got a blank slate with me. Now he's going to screw that up a little bit. Like that's like, that's coming up very, very soon. So, uh, I will be back on challenge mania when, um, <laughs> little, little baby, uh, little, little baby maniac is, uh, you know, month two or whatever it is to talk some major shit on Polly. Don't get me wrong. Ooh. But as of, as of this moment in time, he's got a fresh slate with me. And guys, don't go crazy with the spoiler, spoiler alert, guys, you knew Polly was going to screw something up. So this is not yeah. ruining, it's not ruining anything. Um, this is my favorite question we got from Rand. Uh, she wants to know, uh, what is the difference you found competing this time around as a married man versus competing in the past as a single man? Yeah, uh, I thought it was a little bit, a little bit different. Um, was it liberating I mean, I, at all? 
Yeah, I mean, too, okay, let's be real here, though. It wasn't, like, crazy different because I've been with my wife for a long time. So I, even though it's on paper I'm now taken, um, legally speaking, I'm taken, I was taken for several other challenges before this one. So it's, I, I knew what it was like to go in and not hook up with the girls and all this stuff. But it's easier. I think it's a small advantage, not a major advantage, but a small advantage to be married because – there's all the women in the house. They don't, they treated me like a gay guy and I was allowed to be a part of all their conversations and I could be a part of their judgmental gossip. And, uh, I was like one of the girls and it just made it so much, it was kind of enlightening and it, and, uh, and it brought me into more conversations and made it easier to form alliances and friendships with them and get good solid lava to be able to take out into the game and use it to my advantage because they didn't look at me like I was trying to sleep with them. And I wasn't just one more creep in a line of guys that was looking at them with some sort of, you know, uh, uh, you know, the ways that stupid guys look at girls sometimes I was just like one of the girls basically. And because of it, they let me into their inner circle and I got to see how they, how they worked and what they thought. And that information was very, um, uh, helpful to say the least. Now, do you, and it's interesting, you mentioned like you've been with your wife for a while, obviously you're a faithful guy. So to you, nothing changed just kind of now having it, having the ring out there, having it on paper. Do you feel like that the female cast members and the challenge gods take a wedding ring and having a wife at home more seriously than having a girlfriend at home? Um, I don't know. Like in what, in what way do you mean? Like, I mean, like for instance, like do these people, when you get to a challenge house and they find out, Oh, you have a boyfriend. Oh, you have a girlfriend. Does that, you know, tell, you know, the, the persistent guy or girl, does that shut them down as quickly as I'm married and you show the ring and same thing on the challenge God end. I got to imagine that, Oh, they might know that. Oh, so-and-so has got a boyfriend at home. So-and-so has had a girlfriend, but I know how these challenge gods think they're sitting there thinking. So you're saying there's a chance. I want to know if when you're actually married, do they finally drop it and they say, all right, Wes is off the market. Come on. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, yes, they never really were that pushy with me when I was with Amanda as my girlfriend. Right. And so they, they never crossed the line in that respect. Um, the only time a producer has ever really kind of pushed that has been when I was single a long time ago. So, um, uh, they, they've always been pretty darn respectful, but, uh, the only story I can add to this that didn't make the show that, that, uh, would be net, that Natalie is incredibly flirtatious. And I, in a very nice way, had to tell her to stop treating me that way. Uh, but CT had the same run in, but he doesn't do anything uh, with rounded edges. And he essentially just told her to fuck off and stay away from him. Uh, and so it was just funny how she did made the same mistake with two different married guys in the same house in the same like first week. And she got shut down in two completely different ways. But I remember CT complaining about it, like, man, just get the fuck away from me. And I was just a lot nicer about it. And and, and in her defense, she treats everyone that way. That's just kind of like her personality. But, uh, you know, we can't be playing around out there with as married men. We have to we have to stand up for our wives and what we're supposed to act like wow ninja natalie who'd have known that's no, true no no no, no i know no, i'm joking i'm joking i'm uh, joking yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, what's that? No, Nat, Ninja Natalie was like the complete opposite of that. Well, everyone so wants to know. Everyone, they go, they go. Why does everyone make it a point to call her Ninja over and over again? And I'm like, that's exactly why to avoid that confusion right there. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, especially. I mean, you mentioned all that stuff where you know she might be that just might be her personality, but the optics of it, especially when things are being filmed and you know you're in the background of a shot or this or that, and you know that it will make its way to television. You know, that's, right. uh, you know, not a good look. Okay. Well, and, interesting and she's stuff. Hot, let's, let's be real. Like she's a very hot girl. Like she's beautiful. And so if she was ugly, I'd let her flirt a little bit more because the optics wouldn't be so bad. But like the fact that she's so cute, she's got, she just needs to stay on the other side of the house, you know, so <laughs> no, or, or just act more normally. Let's go to some old school questions. I know D loves this stuff. Uh, we didn't get to too much last time we have you. So we got a couple questions in about some seasons of years past. Mike says on battle of the X's two, how did you feel when you had played arguably the best game ever? And then Johnny came back into the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you puke. He will. I'll tell you right now. He wanted to puke. Just kidding. <laughs> He's yeah. going to puke. There was uh, there might have been some of those uh, uh, bad nauseating feelings. I uh, I, uh, I I count that as a challenge championship. Like it is. Uh, one of those, we that got was, that question. That, That'll be my next yeah, one. Yeah, that was one of my that was one of my asterisks. Reluctant play. Um, you know, reluctant go in my favor. But I had played the best political game of all time. I had won half of the daily challenges. And I didn't come in in shape, but I left running in the backyard with my partner. So she was ready and good to go too, like 10 miles a day in the backyard. So we were ready to absolutely destroy those finals. And then some stupid rule that they had, that, that they had built before we got there. I'm not saying that they built that idea because bananas lost or whatever, but it just completely ruined my game. And it wasn't something that I should have been looking out for because they had never done it before. It was just really bad luck. And so, you know, I'm being, I'm, it's definitely a stretch and I don't truly mean it when I say it should be counted as one of my challenge championships, but shoot, like there's 25% of that statement is true, right? (laughs) The rest is over drama, more drama than what I mean it to be. If you're one of those people out there, if they exist, who enjoys twists when people can get back into the game, who enjoys redemption houses and exile islands and stuff like that, write me and let me know. Because I personally always find that they just complicate things in a bad way. I've never asked for one and we just keep getting them on show after show after show twists with the battle back and this and that. And I, all it does is muddy the waters and complicate things and add players to say there's an asterisk here asterisk there and we got you know an awful just rhythm that could never develop on final reckoning due to that and i don't think it better dirty 30 so i mean i I just like if you're listening to this and you enjoy those twists let us know because i don't personally i don't either yeah i don't either i've never gotten one of those second chances like and that was one of the things about that game that was the most ridiculous thing ever is literally everyone that had lost got some sort of a second chance except for me like they came back. So it's, I didn't even get to lose once and then go to the redemption house and get a chance to battle, battle my way back in. I lost in something that was very weight driven where a larger man by like 40 ish pounds beat me in a weight oriented thing. And then I went home with my partner. Okay. And then fast forward four or five days, they call my partner and they bring her back into the game without, oh, without Teresa. This is Teresa. Teresa. Yeah. They, and put her on, 
Leroy's team to take the place of Naya. So literally everyone, even my partner, got a a second place at that game or a second chance at that game except for me. And I had like been training her in the backyard. Like she was good to go on the runs. I mean, it was just, it's Adam. And I had done such a spectacular job of like getting the house all on the same page. And we were all voting in unison and everyone was like rowing in the same direction. And we were killing it in the dailies. And my partner trusted me and we were working well together. And it just kind of all got ruined by a couple of, of things that just didn't work out in my favor. Um, back to what you said about the asterisks. Eric wrote in at Challenge Mania Live in Chicago. Wes alluded to two unofficial challenge championships. One was on Rivals since they won the first leg by so much, but then only got a one-minute advantage for the second leg. Totally agree, he says. Can you elaborate on the other? He just did, Eric. So I think that the second one was Battle of the X's 2 that we just talked about. I just want to give you a chance to elaborate on the first one that the crowd in Chicago got, but so our listeners can hear Rivals and that uh, discrepancy in how much of an advantage you got by winning by so much. And I kind of want to use it to expand on that conversation of how sometimes these uh, timed finals and the advantages you get are worked out and stuff like that. Is that something that you thought was particularly unfair in that one? Or do you just, you know, that's just, is there a better way to do it? And, you know, talk further about how you look at that rivals as one of your titles with an asterisk as well. Yeah. So I get, I made a really bad mistake in that game where we were going up the mountain and uh, I had, or excuse me, we had been running all day and we had, it was like a 10 mile row to start the, or canoe or whatever it was to start the finals. And so right when we're about to start going up the mountain, so we haven't even left, uh, the ground yet. Uh, I, I don't know, it was maybe 5 PM and I started to vomit, which was like a bad sign that I was already dehydrated. Uh, but we were in such a massive lead that it didn't really matter. So I'm going up the mountain and I had, and I started having all these like cramps in my legs because I'm dehydrated. I didn't drink enough water or I was out in the sun too much or whatever. I don't know what the case is. And event, and I just kept saying, Kenny, like just deal with it. We're killing them. Part of the reason why I'm probably dehydrated is because we're been running circles around them. So just let me just, I literally can't run right now. Just give me a break. And he kept being like, come on, come on, come on. He didn't understand. This is like more of an injury than it is anything else. And so just shut the fuck up and deal with it. We're in first place. And uh, I got, and every time I would cramp back up, uh, he would, it would just annoy me of, let me carry you. Let me carry you. Let me carry you. And eventually we're like three fourths of the way up. And I eventually just said, sure, carry me. Like, I don't care. Are you sure you think you can do it? And he did it for literally two seconds before he couldn't do it any longer. But they cut that in such a way that everyone's like, oh, he carried you up. No, he looked like a fool. If you show that for four seconds instead of two seconds, you realize he couldn't carry me. It wasn't helpful at all. And it shut him up. But everyone kind of goes back and that's like the crowning moment because it was like anytime someone that had my record loses in that sort of dramatic capacity uh, or doesn't do well, it just is good for the show. So, I, you know, it is what it is. But we still, even with all those times of me having to stop for the cramp and all that stuff, we still beat Bananas up to the top of that mountain by like an hour to spare. I remember going up and being completely fine temperature-wise and then freezing my ass off because I was wet and sweaty and having to sit on the top of that mountain, mountain freezing my ass off waiting for them to get back up there. And then we had to stay up all night. And then the next day, 
the winner of the first day got a one minute head start in a game that only took like 30 or 45 minutes. And so all that entire first day, the 20 plus miles that we had to run, all of it just all it mattered was it gave you a one minute head start. And so it essentially started the whole game over from scratch. They beat us by like four or five seconds in the next game. I mean, it was so close. And so it's like, that's definitely one of those asterisks to where, uh, I had won half of the eliminations that season. So I went into a literal half of the one-on-ones. Kenny shit the bed in every single one of them. And I saved the day, kept us in the game, so on and so forth. And so it's just one of those ones to where it just stinks because a bad, stupid rule kind of uh, prevented me from getting a first place. You take that one away from bananas. Now he's down to five. I'm up to three. Uh, and, you know, you keep telling the full story and giving full context to a lot of his wins and a lot of other people's kind of bad luck. And you start to paint a picture as to why he's able to be at six and other people are at zero or one or two as opposed to kind of higher numbers. All right, Wes, clearly a little bit sour still to this day, but not picking up some of those challenge victories. But you can pick up the ultimate victory this month over at DraftKings. Listen up. It's March. We all know what that means. Tourney time. We've teamed up with our friends at DraftKings for a very special promotion, Brackets. This year, you can build your bracket for free just in time for the most electric period of college basketball. That's right, March Madness, baby, with $64,000 in total prizes on the line. Here's how you play. It's just like every bracket you've ever done, really. Pick your teams, rack up points for each correct pick get the most points and you win just go to dkng.co slash challenge mania to play that's dkng.co slash challenge mania to play make sure you get your brackets in by tip off time on march 21st i implore you depending on what time zone you live in to make sure what time that first game is on thursday march 21st do not miss out go set your bracket and set that thing in motion today again it's dkng.co slash challenge mania as soon as you can set that bracket 21 over eligibility restrictions apply what do you do and see website for details don't wait make that bracket get it going right now let's go orange all right back to west here we go All right, so here's a good question about the uh, the future of the challenge. The Idiocentric Podcast says, and way to go, asking a question from a podcast, get a free plug on the show, love it. Ask him if the, if the format is old school versus new school, which of course is what we all would love for it to be, but who knows if it will be. Does Wes think he'll have a bigger alliance on the old school side, the new school side, or both? Um... Well, I'm, I'm somewhat up to date. I haven't heard the Cara podcast, but I'm up to date on everything except for that. So I know that you're also alluding to a, a middle school. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's our own little fake little thing we've been talking about on our show. Uh, not yeah. even necessarily in that podcast, but we've been having that conversation online with our listeners and in the war room, in the war room. Every we've, week. All, we've, we, we've also, we've also been pitching alliances for probably about 50 since, episode 50 or something like that. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we have these conversations when we can just kind of guide dive deep into this stuff. The whole idea being, you know, old school versus new school, the, the deal that we've, we've brought in so many new people recently that there's a clear delineation between the new, new, like we're talking about people from war of the worlds, or maybe like if you throw in a Paulie or a Devon who played one season more than that. And like, 
the relatively new, like the hunters and the Devons and the, and the cams and the people who, and the Tonys who they, you know, when you think challenge veteran, you don't necessarily think them, but they're also way more established and have played more seasons than turbo or Josh or, or Georgia or Maddie. So that's what gave us the idea of middle school, because, you know, when, when you think about how one of these future seasons might be crafted, guys, it's a pipe dream to think they're actually going to populate like half of an entire season with, with like people that everyone would say is old school, you know, Wes, Derek, Johnny, CT, you know, Carl, Laurel, like, you know, Emily, like these are people like, you're not going to fill an entire roster with those people. So you got to put some of the quote unquote middle schoolers in there as well. And I don't want people to get offended by calling them old school when we realize their season aired in 2014. So like Kayla is not new school, but she's not old school. What is she? She's middle school. So that's what we're talking about. They're not going to steal our idea. They'll probably just condense it and call it something else. But if they did do that, you've done a lot of work recently on this season in particular, and also, to be honest with you, on Champs versus Stars, forming bonds with newer cast members, people who would be old school, I mean, middle school, people who would be new school, and no offense, burning bridges with some of those veteran cast members. Um, where do you think? I mean, you've played longer with those guys, but do you think that you've kind of, and maybe wisely so, aligned at this point more with some of the younger crop of talent? Well, first off, I only burn bridges to light the way as far as where to go in the future. And with <laughs> with that lit direction, I would say uh, I've got friends in all three of those eras. And the and and I think that it's very analogous to what happened in uh, War of the Worlds with the veterans. Um, we have such complicated paths with each other that even though we're friends, like if we were in each other's cities, we would call each other and go on a bender. But we, but when it comes to the game, we have memorized each other's moves and we know what everyone is capable of good and bad. And so it makes it very difficult to like form true trusting relationships and bonds and, and, and alliances with them. And so I think that like, if there was a pitch for why an old quote unquote old school versus new school is a good idea, it's because I have no idea how the old schoolers would end up breaking apart and, and, and factioning off. Um, because there is some, some true hate and animosity and jealousy and love and good feelings and all that kind of stuff all within those old school people. Cause we were working with and against each other for so long. And I think that that is a recipe for disaster of, of inter fighting, um, like right off the bat. And then you add into the fact that almost all the best girls that have ever done it from the old school era have moved on. So, we would not only be fighting amongst each other, but we'd be paired with whatever default girl are able to just happenstance do it. And don't get me wrong. We might get a couple of winners in there. They might get lucky with some, some picks, but a lot of the best girls that, you know, get enough credit or some that don't that like a Heather cook or a Jody that don't get enough credit, uh, they won't be there. And we, instead, we're going to be paired with females that uh, would kind of suck, which means that we'll end up losing a bunch. And the legendary status that we all hold in a lot of the fans' hearts will just kind of mm-hmm. fade away because they'll tangibly just watch us get our asses kicked. And so I really, really don't want to see an old school versus new school. I, would, I think that that's a bad, a bad look for all of us. 
You think that, and we've heard you say this before, um, and people were, you know, asked me, they said, Wes said that, you know, new school would demolish old school. What do you think of that? And I think that it's, you're, you're not necessarily knocking the totality of the old school players when they were at their peak. It's just a combination, like you said, of certain key components to that roster not being available, wouldn't want to do another challenge season, have moved on, etc. And the new school just being so, I mean, having just repopulated the new school with a full half a cast, a lot of which are are really killing it, you know, there's that discrepancy there. I want you to pretend as if everyone would do it. Okay, so forget that Evelyn is, you know, passing the bar somewhere or, you know, killing it in a courtroom or whatever she's doing. Forget that Sarah was so, you know, disheartened by what Johnny did to her and say she would come back. Forget that Susie is changing lives with her podcast. Say everyone would do it. Okay, is there an old school roster that you think could hold a candle to the new school? And who would you put on said roster? You mentioned Heather Cook, who, to be honest with you, did one season of the challenge. I hear her name all the time, and she seemed great and all, but she did one season. I, I it, bo- it boggles my mind why everybody speaks so highly of her potential when she only did one, but that's one we heard. Who else? Uh, okay, so the answer to your hypothetical and not realistic question whatsoever is yes, that would be a very entertaining, good battle that we would probably win. And so if it's kind of like Batman in his prime versus Spider-Man in his prime, no, like, no, 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 they don't need to be, they don't need to still hype it. We don't need to like change anyone's current. So what you're saying is since they're not thinking of ever playing again, they've probably fattened up a little bit and they don't go to the gym as much, but okay. Taking that out of it though, you don't need to make somebody five years younger. They can still be as old as they really are today, but just say they would take the call and then maybe have a few months to train and get back in the gym, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, we've got Evelyn's, Jody's, Heather's. Um, um, if Laurel came in in shape, she could do well. Uh, Emily Schramm. Definitely Emily. Emily doesn't need to train at all. She's like ready at any point in time. Uh, Tori, Melinda. Yeah, they definitely would. And they would bring uh, they would bring some of the intelligence and some of the social gameplay with it. Definitely up our stock as far as how good looking we are as a team. So, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a really healthy bundle right there. Uh, it's just a lot of the people that we just talked about have moved on. And so that's what scares me is like from a from a fan perspective, when we sit around drinking beers, opining about what could be, that's a great topic, which is why it's such a hot topic. But then and I'm sure that that has been broached in a casting uh, uh, room somewhere at some point in time. But then when the realities hits of let's put these people up on the whiteboard, start making calls, see who's available. And then it's just another one bites the dust after another. And they start up to make too many sacrifices. And then they, they, uh, they ask themselves, is this something that is going to be fun television to watch? Or are we going to build another ruins team that ends up being five badasses versus two girls in the finals? Or is this going to be another battle of the sexes where the girls win 5% of the games? Uh, Because that's just not – or is this going to be another champs versus stars two where the champs won seven out of seven daily challenges? Uh, And because that's just not fun to watch. And so they need as fair teams as possible. And so when the reality hits – that we can't feel the team on the female side, not because our females suck, but, but just because 
a lot of them suck and the ones that don't have moved on. And there's a couple of ex- uh, exceptions to that rule, but one or two badass girls that would still take the call and still do it and could still get in shape doesn't make up for the fact that the new team is going to have Kayla and, um, uh, and Maddie and Ninja and D and like all of these new girls that are just ready and able to kick ass at any given point in time, all the new guys, Jesus Christ. Can you imagine Ashley Kane and Theo and turbo all staring down the barrel of, of us? Like, I'm not saying that like a Durrell and a Derek and a me, we would go into that battle and we would try our hardest and there's a good chance that we would win, but that still is a tough team to take down. Uh, even if we are in our prime. And so I, I'm just not a huge fan of, I hope that whatever, if I'm able to do another one and I hope that I am, um, and it, it's not a matter of me not wanting to do it. It's just a matter of, does the, do the schedules align? I really cross my fingers that that is not the theme that they'll do. All right. Well, again, the reason everyone wants old school versus new school, the reason that we kind of turned into old school versus middle school versus new school is like, I think that's like slightly more feasible in the sense that when you then break it down, there are so many quote unquote old school people, yourself, Johnny, CT, Cara, if you're going to call her old school, that are sort of already grandfathered in anyway. That really all you're doing is, I mean, like in my kind of hypothetical roster, my old school roster was Derek, West, Johnny, CT, Alton, who, I'm starting to think maybe he would answer a call, and I, having just seen the guy, he's, I mean, he's still in good shape. Laurel, yeah. Laurel, Cara, Nani, Emily, who, again, I think is just like a couple of, like, tweaks to her being able to manage some of her businesses away from saying yes. And then Tori Hall, who I think is, like, she would fill that void. Her and Alton are my two picks of, like, oh, you dug them up. They haven't been on in a while. Thank you. But if you look at the rest of that roster, these are all people who have sort of played in the last three years. So it's not necessarily that unfeasible. And then you have the middle schoolers who are obviously people who play all the time now. And the new school I had as all season 33 people. We right. just had, who do we just have on? Oh, we had on, I think it was Kara who said that she only thinks three, four, maybe five of the people from this new cast are going to continue on and be like sort of new franchise people. I went the other way with it. I think you can easily have like a, you know, 10 of them on the next season. And if they did an old school versus middle school versus new school where new school was all them, that'd be a way to kind of validate doing that. I don't know if it's going to be somewhere in the middle, maybe six or seven, something like that. But, you know, gun to your head, Wes, what do you think it's closer to? Do you think it's closer to them cherry picking maybe two guys, two girls from this roster to continue on? Or do you think, no, like we'll look back at this as the same way you might look back at one of those fresh meats and saying this was kind of a changing of the guard from a casting standpoint this is definitely a changing of the guard it's going to be very similar to that i bet it's going to be a lot if she's saying what two people or two people each she said like two two per gender uh i mean that's still four people out of a total of what 16 so i'm going with more of like eight so four-ish people from each gender will get some sort of final call to be on that next one. These are they're too athletic, they're too good of cast members. They just had experience, they're relevant to the new storylines. They brought it. And it's difficult to say. I mean, this has to be the largest cast ever, at least tied. I mean, it started at 36 people. It's very difficult with 36 people and only 13 episodes, an entire challenge and elimination in each uh, episode. It's very difficult to make your mark on the storyline. And so I don't fault 
do you not seeing some of what these people are doing as being a front runner in the storyline stuff? Cause it's just, it's very difficult to make it into the show when you're competing with that many different people for very few minutes. And I think that a lot of them brought storylines and brought that what they were supposed to bring as best as they possibly could. It just didn't make the cut as far as what stories are being told and what's not. And I think that a lot of them uh, are going to get called for the next one and are going to go. And I think they're going to be damn good cast members. So Wes, who among those should I be having booby over here? Call out on Twitter. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Like we, uh, he should, he should call out whoever he wants to call out. Yeah. I'm all right. Yeah, I think you should call. I think you should you should call out Turbo. I hear you hate Turbo's guts because you think he's an asshole. <sighs> See, no, no, we I've already gone down this road with Turbo. <laughs> he tried to compliment him, and it turned into a feud. Well, yeah, you you told him that he stole his Mortal Kombat uh, move, and I think that Street I think, Fighter, right, uh, right, 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 and and where, where and got it used on MTV. And both Turkey and Kansas City, which is our two respective hometowns, both of us consider that to be fighting words. So I, uh, I completely understand why he was disrespected. And if I was him, I'd take that. I'd, I'd hold that grudge forever. Call the man yeah. a thief. He might. He might. He might. But we've talked about it, and I think we're okay. Oh, don't worry. Um, I'll, I'll remind him. Uh, all right. Um, D, thank what you. Do you got? I appreciate that. No, I think just to answer the question on how all of this, where you came asking about new school, old squads, I think the question was, I think from Michelle, I'm not sure, is where do you, Wes, where do you, how do you feel you will fit in if you do another season? Do you fit better with the new schoolers, old schoolers? I think that he's going to fit in just fine because he just did a season with some of the new, with some of the the newer people, depending on how many bridges he does burn. And where the light does not come out, the lantern does not work, um, <laughs> and the the bridge is just burnt. Um, I think he's going to have a good shot with with the UK people. I think we're going to continue to see them, and it just sounds like he's already kind of aligned with them a little bit. So it's like he's already playing both sides. I think he's going to be in a good, he's in a good position. This- I think you're right. I think that you hit the nail on the head, but let's add a couple of things in here. Cause I'm a, a, I'm a dynamic player here. It only looks like I'm going after the British people now because I just spent the last two weeks demolishing the Americans one after the next. And mm-hmm. so I was aligned with the British people. It's just, I didn't know how good I was going to be at getting rid of my enemies. I thought it was going to take the whole time to get rid of all of them. But instead they went down one, two, three, four, five, six down, gone, demolished. And so now we're already at it. I mean, I, they don't show it, but I was partnered in line with the British people. Everyone that was in my room was 100% safe up to that exact moment. Like it was the largest room in the house. They haven't shown it at all because we've been just riding high this entire time, winning stuff, getting in tribunal, sending in that one room of bad guys, which would have been your fate because you would have been in that room <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, and just one at a time they're gone. And so I, and you know, it's not, it is what it is. Now I'm looking around. It's kind of like survivor after the merge or something, right? Like yeah. my, my original tribe is all like, yeah, we did a good job. We made it to the final eight or whatever, but now how is that going to break off and who's going to make it sure. into that, into that final list? And that's why I'm trying to kind of end the, in the story right now, 
break up the British people in half to where I want some of them to break off and to come onto my side because if they stick together 100% loyal, that's going to leave D and I completely on the outside because she's not American. She's not British. So she doesn't really have a tight knit crew with any of them. I've already sent home all the Americans and I'm going to be last on the totem pole as far as the British people go. So I'm kind of looking around trying to figure out who now am I able to partner with? Can I break off some of the Brits? Because there are definitely some people on the, on the, on the UK side that I'm going to want to partner with. And I definitely will. You're trying to, you know what I'm going to dub this? This is the Wexit. And, 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 and bears an easy target because he's probably already pissed off most of his own Alliance. So they were like, you can take him if you want. Take him. It's okay. he definitely has pissed some of them <laughs> off, but but not too bad. The reason why actually Bear got thrown, this is actually Devon's fault. So oh. Zach, Zach wanted to throw in Devon, and uh, obviously Devon uh, like told Zach not to, and then Zach's like, "Who should I throw in?" And so he and she's like, "Well, you should throw in Wes." And then we're all in this big in a room in a in a scene that got cut. Um, where essentially Devon and I are each pleading why Zach shouldn't call them out onto the killing floor. And, uh, and I'm like, Devon, who are you going to call out if you get thrown in? And this was before things got, there was any animosity. And she goes, well, to keep it funky, it it was going to be you. So before there was any problems with Devon and bear and me, uh, Devon said my name first. And as soon as you say my name, I don't care what grudges I hold from the past. You become my new number one target. And so, you know, just don't say my name and I'll stay away from you. And she said my name. And so when I came back and I was safe, my new sights were set on them. The Challenge Mania shop is open. Head over to challengemania.shop today for the best way to support the podcast while looking good doing it. New designs and items added every few weeks. Maniacs, time to mobilize. Check out challengemania.shop today. Um, you brought up Zach, which uh, leads me to mention something that was discussed in detail on our Johnny Bananas podcast. I almost forgot to bring this up, but thank you for reminding me. Charisma says, Wes, did you listen to the episode with Bananas and his explanation of what happened with Zach? If so, what are your thoughts and your side of the story? I'm going to guess Charisma means specifically that uh, because we were waiting to ask Bananas, how could Zach and Wes have been working together when Zach called out Wes and challenged him into the elimination well johnny had like the perfect answer for that which was the reason i called out zach to begin with was i thought he was late for a wedding he told me he was going to go down like a ton of bricks and then he went into business for himself beat me and then clearly a couple weeks later gave that distinction to s and d what say you oh no tyreek hill under investigation for alleged battery Oh, God. He was an asshole in college. You guys knew that when you drafted him. I know, but still, that sucks. That's that's Kareem Hunt, now him? Yeah, exactly. right? Yeah, Jesus. Fuck, we were like Super Bowl bound. If that's true, we're going to... It's okay. It's okay. The Browns will pick him up. So speaking speaking of being good at your job but having no integrity... uh, Do you think that Zach called you out (laughs) not in an effort to... dismiss you from the game but almost the ultimate icing on the cake for working with you for a couple weeks sir 
Okay, so let's. I, the answer is yes. I did uh, listen to the Bananas podcast, and I did listen to Bananas' bullshit excuse as far as what happened with Zach and everything. And let's break this down a little bit. It, Zach, when he when I beat him, you can see the a picture of his puzzle as they're about to exit. He solved the puzzle. It's done. So, and, and we solved it very, very, very fast, which means he couldn't have solved that any faster. So he wasn't trying to throw anything and leave. He was trying to beat me and he almost did. Uh, it's just, you couldn't beat borderline perfection, which is what we did it. in. I mean, it was like, there was hardly any time where the thing was lit up. So it looks like a bunch of laps, but only cause TJ left the thing lit for like two and a half seconds at a time. We solved that thing very fast as did they, he almost beat me. If he had three more seconds, they would have beat me. And so there was no throwing it whatsoever. He did have to go to a, not have to go. There was a wedding that if he was in the country for, he would have gone to. And when he explained that casually to his group of friends and several others on camera in front of producers and such, this is what bananas delusional head hears. Oh, cool. One of the guys that threw himself under the bus partly to save me in the last challenge. Now he's got an excuse to go home and save me again in this challenge. So I'm going to use this guy who thinks he's my friend to have him throw me under the bus. Meanwhile, Zach's not tracking with that information because they're not having those conversations. Zach's not promising him those things. Zach's not trying to take a dive and leave. That's just absolutely ignorance. Uh, and so bananas, hears this stuff. Here's what he wants to hear. Doesn't get on the same page as Zach calls him out. And then Zach does what he did. Um, so it's all bananas fault and he's just so delusional. It's his fault that he didn't articulate what was going on with bananas and he just did a bad job all around. And if then, and then what's the point of, I was working with Zach hardcore and what, and all this stuff. What was the point of him calling me out? Zach was in the sand, not me. If he was trying to work with me and keep me safe, wouldn't it have been, wouldn't it have been much safer to just call someone else out like anyone? Yeah, but then you get the relic, though, for the next week. So in essence, if he knew you were going to beat him, right, and let's pretend that this is the case. Let's go with Johnny's story here. Not yeah. only do you then are you safe, but you're also safe for two weeks. So that is the wrinkle here. My good friend. Yeah. And then I, I mean, first off, then I go into the next challenge and I win it with the relic. So it's not like it even mattered. I was double safe. So not like that mattered even in hindsight. And I do see that as an argument to a certain extent, but like I said, he almost beat me. And so I, if the plan was that he was going to go in and throw that stuff and he was that close to beating me, then I would, I would be extra pissed. Right. So I'm pissed because he called me out in the first place. I would be as pissed as bananas if I thought he was going in there to lose it. And then he almost beats me or in bananas case does beats him. I think that uh, Zach was just playing with house money on this game and he was pissing everybody off. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say. I can't defend Zach's actions because he was a dick to 95% of the house uh, on both genders equally. I'm not particularly happy with the way he treated me the whole time. Uh, he threw me the ball because he was tired of getting tackled in the mud and destroyed by a bunch of mutants. I would raise my hand and call for it. We are friends. It's just not that great of friends. And so I think he just looked at it as a way to kind of get out of the rounds, not look stupid. He didn't think through it and he wishes he could take it back. But, uh, and part of why he called me out was probably to, 
um, maybe get back in with, in his good graces with some of the other people. But there was, he was never going to throw the thing for bananas and he was never going to throw the thing for me. And if he was, why was he so close to beating me? And why did he actually demolish bananas? So the real person who should be pissed here is this guy who's getting married, who his friends telling him, don't worry, I'll be there no matter what. And he's just trying not to be there essentially is what you're saying. Well, I don't think it was that important. It was a family member that was getting married, and the family member has been a part of his family forever. And he knows that, or she knows that he goes on these challenges, and there's a range of time. And he's not, and he was given permission by said family member to stay, and let alone when the family member doesn't even know that he's going for $750,000. So he didn't need to go home. Like, there's the. You know, like it's it's just that simple. So were you pissed that he picked you and not Amanda after all this Amanda stuff? Yeah. So like this is this is where stuff. Yeah. Yes. Because yes, like they're like friends, kind of friends. He threw yes. me the ball because we don't hate each other. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's confusing. I mean, and Zach's actions sometimes lead people to be confused because sometimes he does really great things and sometimes he does really not great things and, do, and leaves you kind of confused. That's kind of the. <laughs> That's the the thesis to a lot of real world cast members is we're very dynamic and we're a little crazy sometimes. And Zach was definitely acting exactly that way. And he was in a bad mood the whole time he was there and just really grumpy. But yes, I think he should have called out uh, Josh and Amanda, but in his defense, and I can kind of see this being the case, he just had this big rivalry with Amanda and he's looking, staring down the barrel of a puzzle watching his future getting losing to Amanda in a puzzle, which would be the ultimate bookend to this, um, you know, the story that they've created where he's on the losing end and will get trolled on the internet for the next five years. So I think he just looked at it like, Oh, I lose to Wes in a puzzle. Not that big of a deal. I beat Wes in that puzzle. Great. I get to stay with my girlfriend, have a uh, chance to, to play for, uh, you know, the game, not piss off any of the Brits, which is exactly what Zahida wanted to do, which is why it was only between uh, Josh and Amanda and me anyway. Um, and so there was just, a, a, it was, it just, there was more pro, there was more bullet points in the pro category than there was in the con category. All right, I got one more question for him, and then, D, you can wrap it up. We got a clue from TJ says, in the future, would you be willing to band together with Bananas, even if only for a few weeks on a challenge, to unite as vets and pick off some of the newer cast that you dislike or whoever the new rookies are in that particular season? So that sounds like it seemed like what Bananas thought you guys were going to do this season, and you put the kibosh on that one weekend. Uh, Is it something you'd revisit in, in future seasons if the dynamic was a little less in your favor or say Hunter wasn't there, something like that? Um, no, I would never do that. Uh, because bananas likes to play a game with his friends where they don't talk about the game at all. And bananas loves it that way. He partners with the dumbest people in the cast. So he says, who is very dumb and quasi athletic, just enough athletic to where they can be good in the dailies, but also not athletic enough to beat me in the finals, but also is dumb enough to fall for what I'm about to say, which is he keeps everyone in the gray area, which is there's it's completely ambiguous as to what he's promised people or not promised people. I am the complete opposite. I go find the smartest people and I opposite I, I operate in the complete opposite way of uh, ambiguous, which is very specific. I say, this is where you're ranked. This is who's ahead of you. This is below you. This is why I've come to this decision. If you want to change this, you can. Here's why. 
option A, B, and C of how you can change this. This is what I'm going to do in this situation. This is what I'm going to do in this situation. This is how we can get out of this bad situation. This is how we can leverage this good one. And so I have regular conversations, regular meetings. Everyone knows exactly where they stand with me. If you're in like, like my top 10, you know exactly where you stand with me and why. And, uh, and so that's just, and, and because of that, I will never be one of those little bitches in his gray area. And he will never be one of those people that makes some sort of a quantitative promise to me because he doesn't do that. And, and, and I, if he did, I would believe him because I don't think that he lies all that often. I'm not saying he doesn't lie, but he's, I would believe him if he said something, but I just don't see him ever having a good, solid, real business conversation with me where we lay it on the line and say, this is what we will do for each other. This is what we won't do for each other because he wants a boat full of people that have not been promised anything specific so that way when he does need to go stab them at some point, he never really promised them that he wouldn't. Yeah, I got to jump in here. Obviously, (laughs) you know... Talked about this at the beginning. Wes thinks I'm the villain. I think he's the villain. Um, I, and we're talking about smart and dumb, but he's the people he's aligned himself with. I can stand up and say, you know, he's never gone further than me in a challenge. He's never beat me in a individual elimination. Um, I've beat him twice. Johnny bananas. Okay. Who else are we talking about? Talking about Johnny Bananas. Okay. Talking about Johnny Bananas and Wes. Well, I just want to make sure you weren't talking about Wes. Wes is talking about, you know, Johnny aligning himself with the dumbest people. Wes (laughs) aligning himself with the smartest people. But Uh Johnny's got six championships. Wes has got two championships. Did I I get under your skin, Derek? Yeah, you pretty much called me (laughs) dumb because I've I've gone in there and essentially (laughs) dug this guy out of a fucking ditch because of his mouth. You and I both know that this guy gets under everybody's skin, including myself. I've been there too many times. Oh my god! Um, I think I make, I'm so happy right it. now. You I'm, did it. I like how I like how like I was trying to be somewhat subtle, but not really, and it went right over Scott's head. But Derek got it right away. Yeah. But, as much as I'm trying to get under your skin, Derek, and I'm fucking with you a little bit, I'm serious though. Like, sure. If Go you ahead. look, if you look at his most tried and true relationships, and we'll leave you out of this for a second. No one has ever called Kenny smart. No one has ever said, "Oh my God, Tony Reigns is the next like 145 IQ uh, puzzle champion of the world." I mean, who who else is? And no one has ever said, "Whoa, Leroy, he must have graduated magna cum laude from a great college." Like Evan, go ahead. Evan is the exception to the rule, but when Evan was around, Evan wasn't in Banana's boat. Banana's was in Evan's boat, and so. Wow. Yeah, so uh, uh, Johnny... There was quite the love triangle there in the J.E.K. dynasty. It was, trust yeah. me, I've seen it firsthand. But it was, I'm trying to come up with the exact word, but it was one of those triangles that didn't have equal sides. Let's put it that way. Was he in the triangle? Yes. I mean, shoot, Derek, I would think that, I honestly feel like you were higher on the Johnny and, excuse me, on the Evan and Kenny totem pole than Johnny was. And uh, I think that of you four you were in third place in that situation and bananas was in last place. But the real question is what were, yes, exactly. Were we in his boat or were they in my boat? 
or where were they in our that's the question whose boat yeah. was everyone in? i think we're gonna need a bigger you boat know? is the, yeah you're <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the boat the boat is sinking Okay, the boat has sunk. The boat is sinking. It's a pretty pathetic little boat. You guys need to go on like one of these daytime talk shows. Work out your your shit. Oh, like, like the Maury, like the Maury Povich show. I was thinking Jerry Springer, but sure. I'm thinking more like uh, um, what's the guy that made uh, Bad Baby really uh, famous? What's it? Doctor Phil. I would want to go on Doctor Phil. Doctor Phil. We're here with Johnny Bananas and uh, Weston Bergman here. We're going to talk about their differences on a show they call The Challenge. <laughs> That's pretty good, Scott. I'm pretty impressed. I nice. knew you had it in you, yeah. but no, like I, why I would be completely game for that type of environment is to have a third-party mediator make him listen and hear both sides. Because you can't have a conversation with the man that's two-sided. It's not a conversation. You sit there and you listen, or you scream at each other. Like it's So if there was someone that was like shutting him up occasionally where I could talk, uh, then it would, I'd be, I would love to do that because he's got no like real foundation for why he hates me. And the man is literally obsessed with me and I can prove it. Well, you just, you well, just gave you, me well, a you good guys idea. Are, you got, I'm, look, you guys are completely. Oh yeah. <laughs> you, you, yeah. Uh, Scott, maybe we do a special episode where you are the mediator and bananas and I do a formal debate. I, I mean, like that's. I mean, we just had him three, four days ago. Now we have you a week later. So it's a, it's basically kind of now we've had the separate stories and had those played out. And you guys had the luxury of being able to talk while the other one wasn't on the line. Maybe down the line we do you and Bananas on Challenge Mania together. Yeah, and you do it in like a formal Lincoln Douglas style way where everyone gets like, here's your three minutes, here's your three minutes, and then you pause, you reflect, you then another person gets three minutes to talk on those subjects and so on, and you do a whole flow chart about it. He would get his ass kicked at that because it would be too formal. It'd be too organized. He would actually never say yes to that because it'd be too fair. And he doesn't want to play in a fair fight. He wants to play in a fight where he could just talk at people and he will never come to someone else's room to talk. He will never do it in the common area. He always just hides in his room. And when you come in there, he'll talk at you. I mean, it's just, I don't know. He's a piece of shit. And I'm, and so I would love, I would love some sort of a fair mediator environment to really kind of break some of this down. I, to be honest, I don't think I'm not, I don't think you could talk him into, into doing it. Uh, uh, but, um, but I also think that you guys have had so many battles, fair, unfair, you know, in the middle, you guys have had opportunities to take shots at each, at each other. And, you know, there has been platforms for you guys, you know, and, and it's happened, um, this time around on the war of the worlds, you got them, you got them. And, um, but, but at the same time, like he's, He's won some of those battles, Wes. He has. Like what? Hasn't he? Like just in, in general. Like, like no, not in general. Like what? Uh, okay. Okay. So for example, for example, in general, you two. No, no, no. Not in general. Wanna, Stop saying in general. Okay. Tell okay. He's won. The way I look at it, because you're, you're saying, where does his hatred come from? Yeah. And the way I look at it is you guys are just two alpha males that come up with your own gangs and then you guys go at each other. And and I feel like I've seen it and I I'm not I'm not going to pinpoint every season and uh, like you, you like like for I'm not example to, I just want one. 
I okay, want let's, let's just say, Give for example, one, one pinpoint where he's strategically beat me or beat me like in an elimination or in a or in a final or something. Give me something that holds all, some weight. All I'm saying is you guys have done many challenges together. Okay, you so guys have I'll gone against each other. And there's been winners and losers from both sides. Uh, Derek, I'm saying you're okay. I, I'm cool with changing the subject right now because I, oh my God, like if it's making me look great. So if you can find, I don't know. I don't, of course you don't know. Cause there's not one. That's what I'm trying to get yeah, at. Dude, you got to come. You got to at least while I'm here, I'm, I'm constantly looking at the challenge wiki. I'm pulling up stat. That's why I went back on what I said before. I made it seem like half of Johnny's wins were those big group challenges. They really weren't. So then I went and kind of negated that and said, you know so what? How I think many, I, so how many challenges have you guys done together? You and Johnny? Um, I don't know, but like you said, there's a lot, it's like six maybe. Um, but I think what, what, what Wes means D is that for instance, on war of the worlds, Wes is directly responsible for taking out Johnny name a season in which Johnny was directly responsible for winning and Wes losing kind of deal rather than yeah, yeah, strategically, politically, athletically, whatever, like anything. Yeah. Cause I, like I, if Kahuta gets rid of, gets rid of West and then Johnny wins two weeks later, it's not the same thing. You know, if it, it's kind of different. Look, I, I'm not 100% sure cause I'm not in both these people's shoes. <laughs> so like I can tell you, okay. So I can, let me, let's I put can both, tell let's you, put, let's I can tell you for this. me, like I, because it's in my shoes, no one else would know this, but me that any challenge that I've been on with Johnny, I've made it to the end, won with him, or gotten further than him, or beat him in, in a few elimination rounds. So you guys have no something in common. Know that. You would, Wes would know that. Is, is that true? Has Wes gone further than him? Has he outsmarted him every single competition, every challenge? No, but there's been times that he lost that weren't my responsibility that I'm not taking credit for him losing. Like in the duel, I won the duel. He lost first. I didn't send him in. That wasn't my doing. I'm not taking credit for that. Sure. But I am taking credit but for him But you didn't losing. win that competition. You won a competition. That, the, the, the rivalry hadn't started yet no, by then no. either. Yeah. But like I do take credit for him losing on X's too. Like that was me who sent him in against his best friend. And mm-hmm. then he goes home or technically down the street to the redemption house. I take credit for that. And world of world war of the worlds. I take credit for him going in on that thing. Uh, champs versus pros. We have a one-on-one elimination. I take credit for him going home. It's like every single time that there's a true strategic matchup or athletic matchup, I beat him every single time. And you are, the host of the largest fucking challenge podcast in the universe. And you're a historian of the game and have been on more challenges than me. And you can't point a single goddamn time where he's beat me. I, and so we're putting a bow on this because we're moving on to the next. Let's subject. put a bow on I, it. Put I've a bow. Gotta, I've got to get drunk very soon because I'm going to a death metal concert here in about 45 minutes. And I got to put on some black clothing and get ready to kick some emo's kids asses in Let's a pit. Put a fairly. bow on it. There's nice people, good people on both sides. Derek, <laughs> we know it. Uh, what, what band are you going to see? That's death metal, by the way. The Browning. The Browning. Wow. The Browning. I don't even know what that is, but I want to say it like this. The Browning. Yes, exactly. The, the Browning. The Browning. Interesting. Yeah, All right. Look, look him up. It's scary shit. Yeah, that sounds scary. Yeah, we're good. And it's not even in a popular venue. It's like a death metal layer. 
a death metal layer. Wow. The new wow. album, Geist, in stores, October 26, 2018. It's already out. Go get it, folks. The Brownie is <laughs> an American electro electronicore band from Kansas City. Electronicore, that's a word I did not know until I was today years old, folks. Uh-huh. That is yep. amazing. All like right. As, as they're screaming at you, they'll have like a, a dubstep beat that drops. <laughs> yes, that's them. Oh, yeah. That's my ringtone. Yep. <laughs> All right, D, uh, let's get Wes out of here so he can get ready, get oh, nice and toasty for the browning. So so I've seen tweets from the Maury Povich show coming at you and, and Johnny. Is there something happening here? Well, I wouldn't have said it. I wouldn't have spoiled it if I didn't see that Maury's already let the cat out of the bag. Well, they're just here, tweeting at, they're at plan, each other. I don't know it. what's going on. They're planning on. it. You know how these things go. They shoot everything live. They're just still getting it in the works. Yeah, that's exactly what the deal is. Yeah. I, I have accepted the offer. But I don't know if that pussy is gonna is gonna accept it because, like I said, he does not want to put himself in a situation where the truth is gonna be exposed. He's gonna hide as much as he possibly can because the truth is damning for him. And uh, and so I can't imagine that he says yes to something like this. If he does, it would be a very dumb thing for him to do. I I feel like I feel like he's already like uh, retweeted it or something along those lines. Or so I feel like you guys are teaming up. <laughs> well, Maury Povich, you don't have to team up. I mean, like, you just have to, like, take a test to find out if you're the father. You don't have to, like, uh-huh. be friends with the mother. We're working on a project together. Yeah, no, not I mean, necessarily. Do you watch Maury Povich? There's, like, people fighting stuff. I fucking love Maury Povich. You did this the other day with they did this the other day with uh, with Leaving Neverland. Carl was like, oh, yeah, I'm in bed. I'm watching Leaving Neverland. And D goes, oh, awesome. Yeah, I want to see that one. How is it? <laughs> Maury Povich, you don't have to like the person you're on the show with, D. It's not like no. you are not the father. Yeah. Yeah, and then That's they cheer and they're happy when that happens. I've watched Maury. I've watched Maury fucking longer than you would even know, bro. That, honestly, <laughs> I know I'm, Maury very well. I know Maury very well. There's never been something you've said that I that didn't immediately know was true as much as that statement. That you are you are a daily viewer. I, I pegged you for more of like Not a Price now. Is Right guy. My mom but, used to watch. My mom used to watch Maury. You know what I mean? Like all like. Oh, I know exactly so, what you when mean. When soap operas went out of style, Maury was in. I know exactly what you mean. All right, let's let Wes go so he can go party with the Browning. Uh, got anything else for him, D? Nope, that's it. Hey, Wes, thank you so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I I always enjoy it. I love your guys' podcast and what you do. I hope that I get to see you guys in person in the near future. I loved Chicago, by the way. You guys, that was <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Like before, during, and after all of it. And even <laughs> though we, we partied and we had a really good time, Everything was run so smoothly. Like I, I have to do a big, big event once a year, and the fact that you or guys were able to do that so seamlessly, like back to back to back, like I mean, and like relax and enjoy yourself the whole time, like it was very impressive. My hats off to both you guys. So congratulations on figuring that all out, and I had a great time. And I hope to do it again. Yeah, brother. cheers, man. Thanks yes. for being a part of it. Thank yep. you for being our, our last big guest here before we take a uh, couple weeks off from uh, the heavy hitters. So we appreciate you. Wouldn't want it any other way. And uh, best of luck on the rest of this season. And hopefully we'll talk to you again down the road here once we see how this whole thing plays out for you. But so far, so good, my friend. Appreciate it. Adios, guys. Congrats, brother. Later. See you, man. All right, goodbye. All right. There he is once again, Wes. He doesn't disappoint. 
Although, D, you got to come with better facts when you're going to be like, Johnny, you got the better of you a couple times. You, uh, you got to have the facts it, ready up to back it up. I, I, look, it's black and white for me, man. It's like two challenge championships versus six. They've done similar amounts of, I don't know, how many challenges does has West done? Look, I don't, I don't stalk these people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've done a few competitions with Wes. Done some with, with Johnny. I've won some with Johnny. I haven't won any with Wes. I know, you know what I mean? I, I know what it's like to be... I know what it's like to win with, with Johnny and to deal with Johnny. I, I know what it's like to essentially go against Wes. You know what I mean? And and not be on the same side. You know what I mean? So when it's like it it doesn't it it doesn't match up to me however you put it. It's six versus two. How many challenges has, has West done? I don't know my facts, I'm sorry. Eleven? Do you want me to look it up? Sure. I mean you if you're that, give me more of a heads up. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like I'm not, I'm not sitting. I don't have. But the these point is this, okay? What Wes is saying, and I it's kind like of agree with him. They've gone against each other. They've no, gone but they against don't go each head other to head every time. time. No, they, it but, doesn't have to be head to head. You play the game. You play the game. Like they're, they're. Wes has gone further than me, in uh, in two shows that we've done together. Okay, so that's it for me. It's like it's. Simple. He's done eleven like, seasons, Wes. He's done eleven seasons. He's one, two. He's done six with Johnny. How, you know how many, you know how many has he won against Johnny? In in, you know, just you're playing the game. It doesn't matter. Like you don't have to go head to head. It's like if you're playing the game, you're on somebody's side. You, you like you're floating somewhere, and you're going against people. You know, especially your arch nemesis. And to me, they're always head to head. It doesn't have to be. Physically head to head one on one right there. It's to me the way I've seen it historically. The way I only see it is they go head to head every challenge. They're always on the opposite side. That's how I see it. One person goes further and wins it. The other one drops off somewhere. Whether it's at the hands of, you know what I mean. It's like people win and lose this game. By using other people to get them out. For example, Wes orchestrated Johnny going out this game. That doesn't mean at some point Johnny didn't orchestrate Wes going out. He just may not be as loud about it. And like, you know what I'm saying? It may not be visually there, but at some some way or another, he probably played a hand in getting him out. And the times that Johnny lost, Wes has played a hand in getting him out. They're always trying to get each other out. You get what I'm saying? They have clans and they're always trying to get each other out one okay. way or another. I get what you're saying. He just asked you for a specific example of a time. He wants to go straight up like head to head, but you know, like head to head. I go, you beat him in the, in, in the blind stick fighting, right? Like that's, that's no, you're, 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 you're oversimplifying it. So basically all he meant was this. He meant that in the times, the Johnny made it further than him on the challenge. He was not directly responsible, whether it was that he took him out personally or sent him in or did anything. He was not integral in, in Wes's demise whatsoever. No, is, but is, he is may have had saying. one of his stupid people do it or however he wanted to put it. One of his minions it do it. It would have been better if you had the information to back it up because you're like, I, it might have been one of them. If it wasn't, then who, I mean, you know what I'm saying? So... 
Let's not get into trouble with talking about this stuff after we let him off the line. Let's just. Here's the thing: when Johnny leaves the game, it's a win for Wes. When Johnny leaves the when 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 Johnny leaves the game, it's a win for Wes. When Wes leaves the game, it's a win for Johnny. That's that's how I look at it. Right, but I don't think Wes Wes said he doesn't take credit for times that Johnny leaves the game that he did not put in motion. I got you. I got you. You see what I'm saying? I got it. I'm just saying for my, this is none of this is set in stone. It's just it, the way I've seen it. Okay. They're always going against each other. It, it doesn't have to be one way or another. Each of them orchestrated probably had something to do with one of them leaving the game one way or another, whether it was a friend, whether they're fucking sitting there laughing at them losing it. it I, I believe that they had, some influence okay. in eliminating each other. Get okay. what I'm saying? Yeah. So you know who has influence on eliminating other teams in March Madness? The team that they're playing, head up. You know who doesn't have anything to do with that? Another team that's not playing it at the time. So let's talk about March Madness one more time. DKNG.co slash mania. I know that analogy and, and the segue was terrible. But pick your teams, rack up your points for correct picks. You get the most points and you win. It's simple. It's like every other bracket you've ever done, ladies and gentlemen. It's March. We all know what that means. Tourney time. You can win up to, I don't know if it's all one prize, but, uh, you know, combined, it goes to $64,000 on the line. DraftKings does it big. They know how to do it. Be a part of it. Uh, Build a free bracket complete uh, for your share of the $64,000. Guys, no depositors required to... uh, to play this it's fantastic just make sure you get your bracket in by march 21st at tip-off time and make sure you're checking the time zones and what the first tip-off is it's going to be early so make sure you get that in just get it in now when you hear this just get it in set up your bracket dkng.co slash challenge mania uh Guys, thank you so much for this last few episodes and the the response we've gotten has been fantastic. We really appreciate you. Uh, the guests have been great. Wes was great. I don't know why you sounded so defeated, like there's no chance we could ever get him and uh, Johnny on at the same time. I think if we issue the challenge properly, I think uh, maybe it goes down. Who knows? Doesn't need to be now because, look, recently we just had him on. We just had Wes on. But down the line, who knows? Maybe we do it on stage. Maybe we do like a challenge mania live. Who knows? You just think he's out. You think there's no way he would go for that. It sounded like. I don't know. At some point, I asked him to come uh, come to our challenge mini live and 30 minutes away from his home in L.A. and said Sarah was there and didn't work out so well. Yeah, then, but Sarah... when, the, when, when the when the the cast is right, he comes for, you know, he comes to a, a viewing party, party, comes, hangs out with us. You know, I'm not saying anything. I'm not, I'm never saying never. I'm just saying that, no, I just, I don't think so. I think, like you said, these two need to be on the, on a big, big stage to make this happen. You know what I mean? Like they need to be on like. Maury Povich. MTV with Kurt Loder. Or Maury Povich. Yeah, I don't even know if that. Yeah, it may have to be bigger. It may have to be like Jimmy Fallon promoting the next challenge where uh, they're in Times Square. 
All right, guys. We'll see what we can do. Uh, thank you for sticking with us. We appreciate you. We'll see you soon enough. All right, guys. Keep checking ChallengeManiaPodcast.com. Follow us over there. Subscribe to us on iTunes. iTunes. Just search Challenge Mania. Subscribe. As soon as we're back, you will know. Follow us on social media at Shot of Yeager on Twitter, at Scott of Yeager on Instagram. He is at DerekMTV on all platforms. Remember, you can still get 15% off on the Impact.com orders. Support our friend Emily Schramm and get some gym gear, your Impacts. Get her uh, swag over there. 15% off theimpact.com slash mania just use the code mania play in the march madness contest over at DraftKings. we've said it a million times and quip get quip with it it's easy to do so just go to getquip.com slash mania and you get your first refill pack for free with that quip electronic toothbrush trust me it's an amazing product we dig it all right guys thank you so much thank you patrons thank you for everyone who steps into the war room with us every week the war room is over at patreon.com slash challenge mania challenge mania.shop is alive and well as always Guys, it's been a great month, a great fun string of interviews over here at Challenge Me, and I promise when we get back into the swing of things, it will be bigger and better than ever because we brew the motherfucking stew. The stew. Did you say stew? Stupid. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you later. Okay, man. See ya. Bye. This ends your time here on Challenge Mania. Take care of yourselves, and hopefully we'll see you in the future. You've worked so hard for all the things you have. The salary, the status, the success. And with that image, there's a drink. One to unwind, one to loosen up, one to take the edge off. But how do you know when a drink is more than just a drink? We get it. We can help. Karen's Grandview program has been helping accomplished people just like you regain their lives talk to us. Visit karen.org slash grandview.